dudes, you guys are going to go back in time. Yeah! You are going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude! No way. No way. Yes way, Ted! Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you, and we us said what we us are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. And it has been a week, Liam. Hasn't it? It has. <laughs> uh, sometimes there are no words. And I don't have any for this week. We'll talk a little bit more about it, I'm sure, as we go on. But uh, nothing pithy in the opening. Let's just get to brass tacks, as they say. <laughs> Let's let our perfect guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Ellie. And on top of that, we have two special guests with us today. We have Nick and Russ from Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything, available on fine podcatchers everywhere. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And we, we're doing Russ. something very interesting oh, there here. there you are. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing something very interesting here that we're trying to do the UK, Texas, which is where Russ is, right. and Greece, which is where Nick is. Yeah. And Talk about international waters here. It's great. Indeed. As we get – I'm assuming you have the nicest weather where you are, Russ, and I'm assuming we have the worst weather where we are here. You would think that, but we just got – we're getting pounded by that hurricane, That uh, like the remnants of that. So we had a storm this morning, a storm last night. The, the best part is because they say like don't say too many things that happen in the present day so you're listenable for a long time. And so I like how Russ didn't mention the specific hurricane. <laughs> that hurricane. So in three years we can just go, hey, who, you know, it can be any time. This is great. Yeah, it's Hurricane Laura. Oh, Hurricane oh, Laura. And now Nick ruined it. <laughs> ruined it. He dated. dated the whole episode. Because there's uh, nothing in Bill and Ted that screams one specific date and time. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> and that is what we are gathered here to speak about today is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and it's a bit All of right. fun and I think after the week that's been I could use a bit of fun yeah definitely I think after doing the usual suspects last week I could do a bit of fun <laughs> not that the film wasn't great because the film no, was great it was great but uh, we had to deal with some slightly heavy lifting on a couple of subject matters hmm. and so it's nice to go just a little bit a little, a little bit of Keanu Reeves on a Sunday feels good to me okay. Sunday for us Again. Tuesday for when people listen to us again what Oh, a Keanu little bit of Keanu Reeves again, yeah. yes. There are no bombs on this bus. <laughs> <laughs> we are instead are doing this. Um, so just a quick thing. Liam, we like to talk about our little shout-outs for countries where we're charting. Yeah. We were the most listened to film podcast in Saudi Arabia last yes. week. Yes, we amazing. We have fallen to number five. <laughs> oh, Hopefully no. we have not lost favor, but we are there. We also in Malaysia, Japan, uh, top 20 in Japan, Australia, Great Britain, and Germany, and not in the United States, which is why we're just appealing to our target demographic <laughs> by bringing Nick and Russ on, although Canada's not on the list either, so yeah. I don't know if that's worked with me or, or, or not. I don't know. Maybe my accent is transferring over. But if you want to introduce us to Greece as well, Nick, that'd be great. <laughs> um, sure. Just 
I will. Yes, everybody, please <laughs> listen to the best film ever podcast he, here in Greece. Yes, for those of you who are already Greece listening, too, I think Greece is great. the word. Do, do it in Greek. Do it in Greek, Nick. Το νούμερο ένα, η μεγαλύτερη επιτυχία από την Ελλάδα. Το best film ever podcast. Ακούστε το σήμερα. Oh, I love it. I love, I love it. Wait, 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 Nick, do it in French. Oh, <laughs> really? Are you putting me on the spot? Oui. Aujourd'hui, nous pouvons écouter le podcast de best film ever. Wow, <laughs> brilliant. En France, wait, 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 à Paris, wait. et tout à, tout à l'heure. Nick, do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> For a podcast that says don't know anything, I just learned Nick knows at least three languages. Wow. <laughs> so, so the, my mind. the whole gimmick is just Canadian. gone. I would have gotten use of my French. <laughs> As a Canadian who has very limited French, I'm, uh, and trust me, most Canadians are with me on that perch. <laughs> Good on you'd be very employable back home, that's for yeah. sure. Because yeah, well, I've been to. Uh, I stayed in uh, Laval. I did. I, I did uh, back in my management consulting days. I opened uh, Radisson hotels all over North America. So uh, one of them was uh, the Radisson in Laval, and I also opened Wyndham hotels as well. And I did the Wyndham in Place des Jardins in. Uh, Montreal, uh, and because I spoke French, they chose me actually to go up there and do it. So that was kind of fun. So. It helps if you can literally speak the language, Brilliant. right? Yeah. So it was pretty good, especially in Laval. There was a lot more French in Laval than there was in Montreal, but it was pretty good. So outstanding, man of many talents. Man of many talents. Uh, on that note, this is a nice pivot. We are just a little bit of housekeeping, a little bit of promo notes. Uh, if you're listening to this on day one, which is Tuesday, uh, know that on Friday we are dropping another roundtable episode. We where indeed. we are discussing another Ooh. man of many talents, Robin Williams. Yep. Many so we are looking forward to recording that. Ethan from the Talking the Mickey podcast will be joining us, and I'll be releasing that on both channels come next Friday. A little bonus drop. A couple of quick shout-outs here. want to give some shout-outs to uh, Alex from Main Street Finance, Drew, The Paul and Griff Show, Emmett Verbal Diorama, Chuck Goes to the Movies, Coffee Talk with CJ, MC Paperstacks, that's a great name. That's great. That is a great name. I love that. Sunny Eclipse, which is a great name as well. And then our good friends of the podcast, Dwayne Smith, Lestat, yeah. and the little bitch pod. <laughs> Thank you oh, all right. for your constant yeah, engagement you with us on all the socials. But more than that, big thanks again to Nick and Russ, who are yeah. here to join us for today's film. And can we just talk briefly about Chadwick Boseman? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I made the joke about not wanting to put this at a specific time, but I no, mean, I we were recording this on the Sunday, and for us in the UK, we found out, we woke up Saturday morning mm. to find out about Chadwick Boseman um, passing away. Yeah. I don't know if it hit, uh, um, Russ, did it hit Texas on like Friday night, or was that a Saturday yeah, revelation? We, we got it Friday night, and I, I instantly posted something once I found out, and I was just devastated, like, because, I mean, this guy was amazing. He's just a brilliant actor, passionate, like, and you, you've really felt his characters. And so, and I was uh, talking about how it felt like the time I found out about Robin Williams. Mm. Yeah, which actually is kind of an eerie thing. We've had the Robin Williams thing earmarked for about a month now for, for, for this weekend. And it's just really strange where uh, I was saying to Ethan the other night that um, when I saw that message, I haven't felt that way or been surprised like that by a, an actor since Robin mm-hmm. Williams, maybe from a celebrity since Kobe, but from an <laughs> but from but from an, an actor since Robin Williams. Now he didn't have the thirty year career that Robin yeah. did, at least not 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 on that A list sort of level. But it's a guy whose um, whose moment in timeness really can't be overlooked. I mean, you look at what it meant for for for, for Black Panther 
to be um, a real game changer in the idea of what's accepted. I mean, I teach media studies, and one of the things that we literally used to teach as an exam answer that might come up is, you know, if you saw a, a, an African-American or a um, actor of color in a, an action film, it would be expected for that to be the sidekick role. Or it would be, they would be the villain role, but you would not expect to see that as the hero. We would actually say, write that down in your exam answer, because that shows you understand the medium. And for Chadwick Boseman to be literally the face of something that changes that perspective, I think is significant. And of course, he's got a career that goes beyond Marvel, mm. but you, you think about what that meant, I can only imagine. But what does that mean for, 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 for someone Well, to... Um, what does that mean for someone to um, a, a black person to look and see someone who looks like them in the hero role, not in the sidekick role, not in the villain role, but to actually be the main event? And I think that's impactful. What's been the reaction like in the States, Russ? Oh, yeah. I, everybody just it was kind of caught off guard. And uh, I, you know, my friends and my family, we've talked about it and. We just over like the fact that um, we didn't, you know, he wasn't public about his having cancer uh, and, you know, more details came out like he'd been battling it for four years. And, and in between his uh, surgeries and things like that, that he was having, he was filming the, you know, the projects he was on. And then also there's like pictures that just came out showing that, you know, he even visited cancer uh, patients, little children. And so like I mean, this guy was constantly seemed like he was giving of himself and it just it's even more respect and yeah i mean everybody's just kind of devastated i mean thinking back the uh, the other one for me was alan rick that, that oh that's that's oh, yeah. that's a, i yeah <clears throat> did we know alan rickman was sick i don't think we did no he had no. cancer as well did he have cancer and, as well no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i've been quite fortunate with, with my health in my life i had to make that decision about what would i do had i gotten sick but I think um, there is – in moments of crisis, I found that I prefer to work. Yeah, I prefer to keep on and having something to focus my energies and my emotions towards. That's just, that's just me. And you know, what motivated Chadwick Boseman to keep, to keep working? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Um, and I can only assume that he was thankful for it. But I think in the, in the days and weeks to come, we'll hear even more – accolades and uh, testimonials from people who knew him and worked with him. Uh, there are some people talking about what to do uh, with the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what to do with Black Panther 2 and all those things. And those are questions which I'm sure studio executives are having. But for the time being, I'm just thankful for um, a talent that I got to see on my TV and for someone who um, helped change the idea of what the rules are in, in entertainment. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I still have queued up 21 Bridges. I wanna, uh, I've been waiting to watch that. In our other and, uh, podcast, we were just talking about last night, and I said 21 Bridges is one that I have to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Ethan was very positive about that. So, yeah, so such is. I think in the spirit of, you know, the idea that the work still continues and, the, you know, that we, we need art. Even in the time of trauma, even in the time of crisis, we need escapism. We need entertainment. And God knows with everything that's going on in the world right now, we still need entertainment and we still need escapism. So with that, uh, onwards, we, we, we go and we look at Bill and Ted, which if you want escapism and just a little bit of fluff, Bill and Ted is uh, definitely what we are here for. So... Um, everybody here seen Bill and Ted before? No. Oh, yes. 
Yes. I'm a huge fan of the film. So that's four. Yes. One, two, three, four. I'm trying to count. We have f- <laughs> five today. I'm, I'm, I'm like a bad Disney character. I'm going one, two, <laughs> three, four. Okay, I got five. There we go. Uh, so everybody except for Ellie has seen Bill and Ted. Russ, you say big fan of it. I was a big fan of it back in the day. Same back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It was good to get reconnected. I was 17 years old or 18 years old when that movie came out. It was in college. So my first year of college. So it was uh, uh, definitely with all the other people in my dorm, we were watching it together. So it brought back all those memories and. The weirdest thing is that I forgot a lot about it. I ended up uh, watching it again today, so it was really good to reconnect with it. So, so yeah, I mean, I, was I not, uh, we're going to play a game of how old we all <laughs> just came out because <laughs> I was about nine? 10, 9, 10. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Oh, it wow. was at 89, right? 89. Yeah, 89. 89. Yeah, I was 18. So I was 12. 12. All right. So we just yeah. found out Liam's the youngest of the boys. <laughs> and I was not even a twinkle in my mother's uh, eyes. So not, I Ellie. guess that might explain one of the reasons why yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, yeah. Uh, well, you got to see it for the special effects. Well, because it, for its time, it had really crappy special effects as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cute but in a makes, weird way. That the well, way they, so. I mean, for its time, it, it's kind of like that Tron-ish, like visual effects like okay. so you've got yeah i'm sorry as a film person there's special effects and then there's visual effects yes so special effects are when you make a car explode for real uh, visual effects is when you make a car explode on the computer <laughs> and so uh the visual effects that they had were uh i think okay for that time absolutely because of the you know the stuff they had Yes, very dated. Like I, I have, I bought last night uh, and uh, waiting to watch it. The uh, third one. I'm really curious what the graphics are going to be on that because uh, it's just, it's just. I think it's going to be interesting. So. Yeah, because that's literally it's out in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you wanted to, by nefarious means, stumble upon it on a computer, you could. Yeah. You could. Uh, I am waiting to see this properly in the cinema, but we have to wait about another ten days, I think, before it's released over yeah. here. It's been oh, bumped. Wow. It's been bumped up, but not not as much. So it's, it feels weird in today's day and age for the U.S. to get a movie before us now. Actually, mm. given well, yeah, you would think that because of technology and the fact that they released this on video demand or yeah. VOD, whatever you want to call it, that worldwide instantly. it would be it would be blanket distribution. But it, but it's not. I mean, this is like back in the day when films were released in the U.S. and they would wait till it done their American run and they'd take all the film reels and ship them over to the rest of the world. Usually the U.K. was right. next and then you'd see it there. So there'd be about a four-month gap between the American release and the uh, British release. But it seems weird in today's day and age to have any – because everything can be done through digital downloads now. Right. So, is, uh, is Keanu Reeves not well-recepted in uh, the U.K. maybe? I think Keanu Reeves is, yeah. is very highly regarded yeah, here in the so. U.K. Okay, I just want to make sure that yeah. it's not the case. I do wonder if Bill and Ted is the same thing here as it is in North America, but I can't speak to that having not been here at the time, but yeah. I hadn't heard of it before. Which is a thing. Why isn't this held in the same regard as those other 80s classic movies? Why isn't this like Ferris Bueller? It does feel like it's like another step below it. There's the big classics of the 80s, and then in that B-level You've got Bill mm-hmm. and Ted. Why is that? I I think because it was coming out of the eighties almost. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it had that slacker like appeal. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be my little guy. Uh, hold on, I'm going to see if I can mute myself and go. Uh... Certainly, <laughs> certainly. Well, I'll take over. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so for me, it was uh, it was definitely like the time that 
you know, you have The Breakfast Club, you have Ferris Bueller's Day Out. You know, like those are all like classic 80s movies that define the 80s. This one didn't really define the it defined more the like stoner movement in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like a, the pre- predecessor to that like what was happening in the 90s and 2000s and everything. You know, it's like and slowly but surely how because back in the day that's your average stoner. So that's and I think that that's what it was about. Even though the film had no like marijuana in it whatsoever, I definitely had that undertone like if you didn't smoke weed in California, you are not a good person. So, see, see anyway. as a kid, I did not get this at all. The idea that this would be I just thought they were just two kind of, you know, dumb teenagers. Also, like, being no, like they were stoned out. Oh, absolutely. Like, like in hindsight, looking back, absolutely, but I was ten. So yeah. I'm sitting there going, right. Oh, they're just dumb teenagers. <laughs> oh man, I really hope they put it together and figure out how they're gonna pass history. And it's not like the culture we have now watching American TV. Um, like it was back in our day when we were kids, we didn't see much American things. You know, you had things transferred like um, TJ Hooker and stuff like that, the A Team, Knight Rider, but you didn't really have uh, much more than that on UK TV. Uh, where now we get like, you know, I suppose the 90s, you had Friends and stuff like that. Everyone loved Raymond mm-hmm. and all these things that came over. I hated Raymond for the record. And uh, Frasier and, you know, so we're used to hearing more. Okay. But back then we weren't. Okay. So for us, that was an alien thing to see. So that weren't like... What was this, like Bill and Ted or the yeah. idea of that whole sort of stoner persona in general? Yeah, the stoner persona wasn't okay. the thing it, for me as a child anyway. So it was just, I just thought, you know, that's what Americans are. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was nine years old. Nine years old. Hey, <laughs> this is America. I didn't know. Who knew? <laughs> um, let's do a little bit of a brief intro and then we'll hop off to watch the film. Um... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 1989 American science fiction comedy, directed by Stephen Herrick, who brought you other such great films as The Mighty Ducks. Yay. Oh. Mr. Holland's Opus, which I felt mm. couldn't really? have been more different. Maybe, wow. maybe, maybe he had his like, gimmick, like, I'm good at like setting films in schools. <laughs> maybe. Whether right. it's like Richard Dreyfus and classical music. Or stoners, <laughs> I do well in the in the sort of the the, the high school thing, and he also they did, all have a little concert in the end. They right? do. Speaking of which, right. he also directed the abysmal film Rockstar, wow. starring oh, Mark, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. yes, it's a terrible film. Mark Wahlberg, Jen Aniston. Yeah, yeah. Great. Rockstar is that the one where he was like a he was like, like a heavy metal. Yeah, and he band. was he was like he was like a tribute band. Yeah. Oh my god! Basically, basically, it's like it's, 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 it's like a really bad retelling of like ACDC right. and what happened with like Bon Scott. Yeah, except for like right. except for like you know we don't do the bit where he's successful for like twenty years. We just go he's successful and then instantly it goes to his head. Right. So Yeah, I forgot about that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he directed those things, and it was written by two guys right. named Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, and it began as a stand-up act where they'd kind of go in these characters, Bill and Ted, and play off each other. Oh, cool. There was a third guy named Bob, but he lost interest after a few performances and bailed. So they thought, well, let's write a screenplay about this. And so the two guys got together, and in coffee shops, they wrote, in four days, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow. Just sort of hanging out there. And the whoa. Chris Matheson, whoa, said that he didn't intend for it to be a science fiction movie and tried to fight it because his dad is a science fiction writer. Oh. And so it's supposed to be a bunch of sort of like sketches, really more than anything else, rather than like a, a total combined sort of plot. But then his dad said, this bit where they go back in time you sort of come up with? He said, that's your movie. And he thought about it and went, yeah, I hate this, but you're right. This is, <laughs> this is the movie. 
And I can only imagine because it was only just one of a series of of like little mini dramas. And I'm like, you would have. I don't even want to know what the rest of it would. Have. Maybe a lot of that turned into like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey or Maybe. things like that. Yeah. So um, the director called the screenplay incredibly laugh out loud. But thought that the humor was a little bit off center and targeted one specific audience and said this is either going to be a huge hit or it's going to be a huge flop. And I think we know what side of it that fell on. But I think that was more of a hit after. It, it, was, a hit. it was a hit. It was a hit. Oh, no, it was a massive hit. Well, over here. No, it yeah. was a hit. It was Maybe a not over huge. here, but it was, a, it, was, it, it was a hit like at the time. Because I don't think that was. I mean, I can remember watching it. Wasn't it wasn't a huge. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I can remember the watching. box office. It was a good. It was good for the numbers. It was. Know, it was, it, it was like forty million and forty million off 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 a ten mil budget. Yeah. So the, oh, okay. so it, it, it made four times its take, which yeah. is which is good, especially because numbers then. I mean, we hear forty million now, and we go, oh, "I made forty million back then." Four. I mean, to get a hundred million was like three films a year would do that. Maybe it's because I was so young. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember it being such a big thing at the time. Yeah. You know, I until like home media. I don't. Jesus, the dog's barking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this when it was out in cinemas. I remember no. this when it hit, like, our, in Canada, we have our version of, like, Sky Movies or whatever it's called in the States where you have, like, it was, it was, it was like a, maybe it's like HBO. It was, it, was, it was like a movie channel that you would pay and you would right. have to figure out what day of the week it was going to be and it would tell you what time the movies were going to be on. Kind of like On Demand before On Demand. You just knew this time. And they promo Bill and Ted hard. Oh, okay. And so I remember that. So I saw the trailer like a thousand times over from that. And sort of that became my entrance point. That was just VHS for me. Yeah. I I missed. How old were you again when it came out? I was about 10. Nine. Nine, Okay. All right. Because see, I I don't know. I think I want to say I saw it in the movie theater. I can't remember or not. But like, I mean, I remember seeing it when it came out. I just don't remember if it was later on when it like maybe hit HBO or something like that. And I saw it. Now, I did watch it con- when it would do – we have TBS. I don't know if you guys know what TBS is, but it's the yeah, Turner super, Broadcast Yeah, Superstation, right? So, yeah. It's, yeah. It, well, yeah, it used to be just the station. Now it's the Superstation. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, they would take you know movies and cut them up for film and or for TV and, and play it and put commercials in between. And I would watch it when it was on that too. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, and though it came out in 1989, it was supposed to come out in like early 1988 – the problem was the the distributor who was supposed to make it, DEG, like went into bankruptcy. And so they had this film that was like all the post had been done and they went, well, we can't get it out. <laughs> and so they didn't know what was going to happen. And they actually started shopping at the other distributors and they were like going like, do kids really talk like Bill and Ted? Is this actually how this works? Because there's nothing worse than a bunch of like old white guys trying to make decisions about what the youth of today really sound like. Mm. And we've talked about this a little bit before. We talked about Richard Linkletter with uh, uh, Boyhood. And just go into some just some terrible writing, um, but it tested way. Took it to shopping malls of all places, which gets you an authentic sort of teenage experience. And based on the scores off of that, it started a little mini bidding war. At which point, Orion Pictures mm. were able to acquire distribution rights for about one million dollars. Wow! And it would take forty, so they did okay. Yeah, but they don't get all the forty, but they 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 got their sort of recoup. And really. Even when you saw the trailer for Bill and Ted 3 and that it opens the trailer with that Orion graphic across the screen. I'm yeah. like, I miss Orion pictures. Me too, me too. I'm hoping that they use old Bill and Ted to meet young Bill and Ted. I'm hoping they're going to use like some old footage. Oh. Because how cool would that be? That's a good idea. Yeah. Be great. You know, like some outtakes. I, I, what I, I number? It, when I watch it today, I'll get back to you. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what number are we still thinking of? <laughs> I, I, I sorry, I guess I couldn't vote for you. It's not my ten-year. Uh, yeah, please, uh, please don't. But you know, you could go and tell future us is that ten years from now. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I yeah, I could uh, trash can uh, you, head. You, uh, you can go ahead and just you know use your time machine and find future us and then tell us that, and we can be like, whoa. Um, and so that's really it. I mean, outside of that, obviously there was a sequel, there was an animated series that came out of it, and a breakfast cereal, Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Comic book. Was there a comic comic book? Yeah, yeah, there was. There's a comic book. Yes, there is. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was named as the number eight stoner movie of all time in Rolling Stone magazine. Well, there we go. There you go. I hate it, aren't I? Great place to. I don't think you will. It's not like Pineapple Express stoner movie. It's not like Seth Rogen's going to be anywhere near this. No, this is fun. No, this is good. It's a fun confused because there never is. There never is any explicit like weed references. I think you're supposed to sort of wink and nod and know why they are the way they are. Yeah, I think that I think like what Nick said was there was no you just understood that yeah. they were. Yeah, so I guess it'll be interesting to see whether my hatred for those kind of movies comes from the actual weed references or from just the ridiculous behavior that accompanies. No, it this, is just, this is mindless fun. Hey, I learned a lot of my history from this. <laughs> Did you? Well, it, and it had a lot of California speak, you know, gnarly dude, and you yeah. know, it had like all of that stoner, oh, you know, speak as well. Yeah, on top of I mean, the California thing. It was like. It was a California teenage stoner movie. That's basically what it, to me. So anyway, I, I was like, thinking like we wouldn't probably have gotten Dude, Where's My Car if we hadn't had Bill and Ted's. Oh, exactly. is that is that a good thing? I mean, <laughs> no. When, when I, not to get onto a, a diet when I when, I, when I was like same, 20, same Russ, same. I liked Dude, Where's My Car. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm going, that movie is so bad. Like, so, so, so bad. I didn't even finish that movie. It was so that bad. That is bad. That is, like, the worst possible reimagining of Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's not sweet. Right. <laughs> what was it? it was I, dude I, and sweet, I yeah. I showed my daughter the trailer for Bill and Ted, and she goes, Dead, they sound stupid. <laughs> and this, this is a 10-year-old. So I was like, that's, that's part of the joys. We're supposed yeah. to feel smarter than Bill. It's not hard. No, yeah. <laughs> smarter than Bill and Ted. So there we go. And maybe it's we'll, just, well, it's just that marijuana now is so like into the mainstream yeah. that nobody taught, you know what I mean? It's like even intelligent people and highly educated people and professors and every, you know, smoke weed now or take the gummy bears or whatever, you know, whatever floats their boat. Or bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> Elon, Musk, Elon Musk took a, uh, took a hit on Joe Rogan's show and, hey, and he got him in trouble, but he still did it. Started with Bill Clinton admitting he didn't inhale, but he, uh, <laughs> that was back in what? 92. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus he, he never had any sexual relations with <laughs> that woman. That's <laughs> right. That, woman. that never, finger I've point. Never had sex with that woman. Yeah, that's Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> My wife hates it when I do that. I share. Oh, Russ, that's I brilliant. Share, that's I brilliant. share a birthday with Monica Lewinsky. Indeed. We do. We have the same uh, birthday. And Woody Harrelson and Harry Potter. So I'm doing all right. Oh, that's okay. Not the character. Radcliffe, the, the guy himself. Oh, so. okay. I was like, wait, what's. What's Harry Potter's birthday? I, I would not know. I am not that. Um, I love the fact that I think Harry's birthday is a little bit earlier. You guys are over there and you're just like, uh, the Harry Potter guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, the I Harry Potter guy. Daniel Radcliffe. For us, he would be like, why, didn't, why don't all you guys know his name? Oh, trust me, living in England, especially teaching in England, it's like Harry Potter all the time. We need a theme for something. It's always Harry Potter. So I am right. just running away scared. I have it. only recently watched yeah. Harry Potter all the way through. Have you? From November through to now. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's that? Did you like it? Harry Potter. That's the first time I've watched it since November. I've never watched it before, but November I started watching them. Okay. And Harry... uh, I like them. <laughs> okay. Harry's we we actually start in November every okay. year to watch it through Christmas and watch all of them. Yeah, I know. Oh, That's my our God. Little... That, sounds, that sounds dreadful. Okay. I, 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 I just... I just... 
Just for the record, I have never read any of the books, and I have never seen one film. There you go. It, so. I don't think you're really missing much. Oh, I, I, I did experience okay. it for the zeitgeist at the moment, but uh, I really enjoyed. In them. hindsight, no. I love them. I enjoyed them. Right. Just, just, it's... just follow J.K. Rowling's Twitter feed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's always changing them. That's, that's where it ruins. Like, yeah. yes, if you start following her feed, you're going to be like, I can't. I'm not going to want to. Exactly. Just, just take what's in the books and in the films, and it's all good. So much like Bill and Ted's history grade, this is starting to run away from us just a little bit. So I'll tell you what, let's hop in our time machine and we'll watch the film and we'll jump back. It'll be a couple hours for us, but it'll be a blink of an eye or a blink of an ear for our listeners. And are you guys good to come back and join us after the break? Uh, Yes. Yes. Just remember time keeps going as we jump. Time does (laughs) keep going. This is where we need like one of those Avengers like explanations of how time travel works, which they do reference Bill and Ted in. They so, do, they do. Tell you what, we're gonna go at we're gonna catch that. We'll watch the film, blink of an eye, blink in an ear, and we'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. And we are back. I feel like going, my name is Ian. <laughs> my name is Leah. And we are best, best film, film ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> And then that would make you guys like the awkward people who have to be around Bill and Ted the five times or nine, <laughs> ten times they did that in this film. Or the three most important people in the world. Hey, you hey. could be the three most important people in the world. I like who that. we will talk about. Yeah. So how, what did you feel? What did we feel about going back and watching it? It was it was like going back and seeing an old I've said this before. It's like going back, seeing an old friend who you used to know in high school and going, I get why I was friends with you in high school. I don't know if we'd be friends as much today. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Right. Or you're like, I hope you've matured since then. Yeah. It's like on the eve of the reunion going, please have gotten your life together since then. <laughs> you're lots of fun, but I'm not sure um, I, I want to experience that person again. I kept going, wait, this is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah? This is John yeah. Wick. Like he, this, guy, this kid grows up to be John Wick. See, yeah. I have to admit, I've never seen John Wick. Oh, I know, brilliant. right? Yeah. I know. I don't think you're missing oh, anything. Oh, no, no, you are missing. John yes. Wick is uh, brilliant. That's okay. Cuss, right? John yes. Wick is badass. Is yes, he badass? Right. Like, okay, because if you like, I'm sorry, we're going to dive into a tangent here. But if you've noticed, like, uh, with the success of Taken, they did like a whole yeah. bunch of like singular like action heroes come in and they take on everybody. Right? One like, man, yeah, sort yeah. of like tour de John, force. John Travolta even had one. That's how bad it. Wow. Was. <laughs> yeah. And. And the only two that really were great was Taken and John Wick. Yes. Yeah. Oh, or sorry. And Denzel Washington, he had his series too. Was like, it John they, Q or was that? Was that Equalizer. Equalizer. Oh, Equalizer. Equalizer. Yeah, John yeah. Q is That's, a lawyer. What am I doing? Yeah. And those those three, because I've, I've watched almost all of them, those three have stand out amongst the best of the uh, vigilantes, assassin type guy who, you know, can wink and you die. What's the British guy's name? The bald guy from Snatch. Oh, Jason. Oh, Jason yeah, Stayton, Jason yeah. Statham, the, the the transporter or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. kind of got elements that of that, doesn't it? Yeah, that was. That I, was think, I think that predates. Yeah, I think that predates Taken. Yeah, yeah he, was, see, Jason Statham didn't need a speech about having a particular set of skills. He just went out and did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think that's what was cool about the speech. You know, it was like, oh, it's a great speech, me. and it's been parodied. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then you know, even in Equalizer, Denzel Washington has some great speeches and. You know, John Wick, he's just, he doesn't say much, you know? I mean, and for them to say he's the guy that goes after the boogeyman. Like, oh, I know. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's genius. Was, which genius. one was the one with Common? Was it? That was, a, that was John Wick, uh, the, either the second or the third one. I forgot. Yeah. Third, and now I think I've seen all three. I have to say, well, but... the third one, I love all the cameos. Yes. 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 Yeah, so many cameos. It's brilliant. 
Anyway, right. yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Let's go from brilliant to excellent. I think we've excellent. established that, uh, uh, that Liam and I have this like weird uh, cinematic uh, chemistry. We do indeed. There's, the, we do there's, indeed. A, there's a Venn diagram there. <laughs> Borders Fair. coming across from cross nations to find a commonality in right. cinema. Which absolutely, is great. Absolutely. But let's jump hey, in. Sorry, we kind of went way off of... No, nah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. The, the antenna was broken for a couple of minutes, and now we're going <laughs> to repair it and get back in the don't call it a TARDIS. Whatever you do, don't call it a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> I, looked, I looked that up. Yeah. I actually had to go look that because I was like, oh, my God, who, who took from who? And, of course, they took from... Oh, absolutely. They took from it, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, 1963. Exactly. But in that, you remember I mentioned the comic book? Uh, in the comic book, they talk about that. Oh, that's oh, at right. least that's fair. Yeah, they they bring right. it up. They're like, oh, you know, time travel, and uh, they said, you know, apparently aliens used uh, found this technology uh, to do with a oh, British okay. phone booth, and they even mention, but they've also figured out how to make it bigger on the inside. Oh, wow. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. jump into the film, and we are in the future, and we are met or introduced to George Carlin, and this was my introduction to George Carlin as a kid. I imagine it was. Yours, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the seven words you can't see on the radio and all that stuff. I would discover years in the future. George Carlin's a funny guy, but this is my introduction, and he welcomes us to the future, where um, you know bowling scores are way up, mm-hmm. miniature golf scores are way down. Everything is clean. People live in harmony, and I want to know when that starts to happen. Yeah, they don't give you a specific <laughs> date, do they? Because I'm looking around these days, going, we, we, don't, we don't really have much of that. I don't know about miniature golf scores or, or 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 bowling scores, but I could do with the whole like harmony and you know clean air. Yeah, yeah. I I love what he says. Like your music brought all the let planets aligned and was allowed <laughs> us to communicate with the other uh, beings of the universe. Now, when they started filming this movie, they had not cast George Carlin yet. Oh, really? The part of Rufus was still up for grabs. But, uh, and so they originally wanted it to be Eddie Van Halen. There go all the references to Eddie Van Halen in the oh, screenplay. Okay. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but they couldn't get him. So they thought, well, who else could we get? And they thought Ringo Starr, okay. Roger Daltrey, Sean Connery, Charlie Sheen. Whoa. And they went, well, I don't know how, if you don't have money for Eddie Van Halen, how do you think we're getting any of these other people? But they also realized none of these people were comedians. And one of the producers had just finished doing a film with Carlin and said, I'll give it a shot. And it worked. Because if you think about it, how few scenes is George Carlin in this movie? Like amazing. There's like four. He does the three intro. Four, right? yeah. He does his introduction. He does the scene where he's with the most three important people in the world or whatever it's called. Right. He yeah. talks to them outside the Circle K. And then he comes uh-huh. at the end with the guitars and the girls. Right. Yeah. 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 Like four. That's, that's yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe five because the circle K was twice. So maybe five. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Depending yeah, yeah. how pedantic right. one wants to get. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great Greek word. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everything is Greek. I dusted that off just for the occasion. Um, and so we've got a prologue, much like and this is probably one of many people who have made this point. That Bill and Ted is like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the start, you get told, here's how the story will go. They will win. We get told that in the opening. They will win. And so it's a real challenge. Do I stick around for this? Because you're not going to bite on any of the, especially the bit where like Ted dies. I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. <laughs> no. I saw future him in the Circle K. I know he lives. Yeah, yeah. The film's also called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, I think we probably know he's okay. Bill and Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure? <laughs> So rigid- also, like, if you think about time-wise line, like, 
if they did not ever succeed, then the three, then nothing would have happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it would just been. <laughs> Originally, Bill and Ted well, were a man. First of all, I had completely forgotten that George Carlin was in this film until I <laughs> saw it again. So I was just like, oh my God, George Carlin. Yeah. And at the time, it didn't register. Like, when I, I mean, I remember that he was in it, like, back then, but then it's like I completely forgot that he was in it. So that's just kind of, kind of funny. It just goes to show you how my memory lacks lapses sometimes so yeah it's okay i i i, tell you what, I didn't lapse I, I knew so many of these things word for word yeah you oh. didn't realize until you saw them again, i i was like calling i yeah. was in the kitchen getting a second bowl of chili and i was like like calling the shots out at various <laughs> points yeah. i knew i knew i must have watched this film a lot because i haven't seen it in 20 years same yeah same but you yeah i mean you remind me then of, i had a friend that was from the republic of georgia and he loved film so much so that anytime it came on tv he would watch them and he was a huge Tom Cruise fan. And there was one time we all took a trip and uh, Top Gun was on the TV and he would he was quoting it line for line. We, he went up to the bathroom. There was a commercial break. When he came back, he was in sync. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. That's how much he had watched it. Which member was he? Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Joey Fatone? <laughs> um, so originally, Bill and Ted were imagined as 14-year-old skinny kids who would wear like heavy metal T-shirts and the rest of the kids would hate them. And then they cast Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, and they went, they're just too likable. We can't realistically have anybody hate them. We can make them laugh at them, but we can't make them hate them. And I'm kind of sitting here, because we were talking throughout the movie a little bit, going, because Keanu Reeves, in our version we watch, Keanu Reeves' name gets top billing. And I'm Mm. going, that cannot be the case, because I believe this film is designed to get Alex Winter across as the big star. He gets all the big moments. You know, when someone needs to dial the phone to get them to safety, that's Bill. Yeah, you know, when someone has to fake being dead and leave someone alone, it, that, that's Ted. Ted's the one who's disposable. <laughs> Bill's not. Ted's kind of like the damsel in distress. He's the one who will be sent away. Yeah, Bill's the one with the Oedipal complex. <laughs> but so I sat here, and when I would watch the film back in the day, I thought Alex Winter was going to be the star, not but, Keanu but if Reeves. You look, if you look further before then. Alex Winter had had the better credits, hadn't he, in films? Well, you said he was in, was it Lost Boys? Yeah, Lost okay. Boys, yeah. I've, you see, I didn't know that. Lost Watching the film, boys, what did, how did it come across to you? Did it seem like Bill, did you, did you take sides? Was there one you rooted for more than the other? Because I was totally Team Bill. If you had to choose one, that was me. I mean, yeah, I could see, as you clearly pointed this out, how it was seemed like it was directed toward Bill being the savior of the two. But then at the end, Keanu has that moment where he's like, well, maybe we should learn how to play. Yeah. You know, like, because they kept saying that they had this whole, you know, catch 22, like, we need to get Vanny, Eddie Van Halen and we need to have a cool video. And then he just says at the end, maybe we should just learn how to play. <laughs> and then it just, it's like that knowledge bomb dropped and they're like, oh. But the question is, how long, how long have they been doing this before this, this, this penny is dropped momentarily? <laughs> And a yeah. little, little trivia points that Eddie Van Halen was asked afterwards. He said, had I known, I would have joined the band. <laughs> so actually if they actually got maybe they could have got him he was actually quite he did all right from this film Eddie Van Halen yeah, well, what's funny is they, they I read that uh, the director when he was reading the script he put it down immediately but then he turned on rock music and read it and then he loved it oh like, okay so I guess that you have to listen to rock music while you were reading the script <laughs> Nick I don't think we got your perspective on that uh, Bill or Ted was there one who you were siding on more than that I kind of was siding more with Keanu on this one because he's Canadian, that's what it is. I'll, you know, although the uh, you know Alex Winter was like 
the cuter guy, so to speak. I yeah. don't know. He felt more intelligent. Alex Winter he just did. had like those moments where he had like a lot more intelligent moments, I felt. But then you have, you know, Keanu Reeves, because he was going away to, you know, the military school or whatever, mm-hmm. suddenly it's like it became really important to him to save the day. So I really do feel it's more Keanu Reeves than anyone else because it, because his ass was really on the line. The uh, Alex Winter was just going to go basically to his hot stepmother <laughs> who used to go to school with him, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. Missy. Yeah. Missy. Um, yeah, and that's I true. Love, I love that interaction. Like, Ted's got... Ted's got the stakes. There really yes. aren't any stakes for Bill. He's going to fail and maybe you know continue to live in his house with a pool and, 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 the, and the hot stepmom and just do summer school right. and probably pass anyway. Yeah. My yeah. favorite scene in the house, though, was when the father basically took over Alex Winter, you know, <laughs> Bill's room. You know, and, and he just uh, shuts the door? Have sex with <laughs> and Keanu talks about it. He's like, your dad's going to bag your stepmom in your room. <laughs> Now, apparently, like 200 guys came uh, to, to try out for Bill and Ted, including one of the big ones was like this like Brendan Fraser comes out, Sean Penn comes out. Um, and then the big one, though, is Paulie Shore came and tried out. Oh, wow. And he tried out for Ted, didn't get the role. And apparently, something like he shows up at the um, pre- premiere and like corners Keanu Reeves in the bathroom and tells him how he would have made a better Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and we see whose career went out that one. Yeah. Actually, I could do with Polly Shore is John Wick. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, yeah. Okay, are we are we recasting fantasy here? Yeah. Oh. In, uh, is this fantasy football with let's, film style? Let's just re- let's just put the whole filmography of Keanu Reeves and replace him with, with Polly Shore. Shore throughout. You know, there's a bomb on the bus, but do the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> That that's an alternative uh, earth I don't want to live on. Something tells me Annie is not falling for that guy. <laughs> no, no, that's no, sexual I chemistry. I'm going to shoot him and kick yeah. him off the bus. Is that that line where I she don't... goes, "Don't call me ma'am, call me Annie"? She's like, "No, no, it's ma'am." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ellie, did you have a thought? This is your first time watching it, so Bill or yeah. Ted? Um, I think they're they're obviously both pretty annoying, but um, I think I would probably side more with Ted as well. Um, but I would disagree with Nick in the idea that Bill is the intelligent one because just because he knows some big words doesn't mean that he's intelligent. And I think that's the only thing that that makes me feel that about him is, right. is the language. Your analysis is most heinous. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in Nick's defense, who's the one that came up with the idea to use chewing gum to fix the antenna? Like Nothing that's right. genius. The look and, on his yeah, face. Okay. If, this is, if this is where we're setting the bar for ingenious, I weep for humanity. I would just like to clarify, I'm not saying that Ted is more intelligent than, than Bill okay. or, that, or that either of them are. I just, just that I'm neither not one sure is... that's the word I would okay. choose to describe right. him. I just well, kept thinking about that scene where the gum goes past everybody's hand and you had to have somebody else's spit in your hand. Ugh. And then Keanu Reeves but licks yeah, it. He puts it <laughs> up to his mouth, yeah. And... and and Bill is at the end with it holding everybody's spit in a big thing of I would rather up. be holding everyone's spit and than I licking everyone's that, spit. You know, what was it, chocolate pudding or whatever it was? The can? Yeah. They never explained where all that chocolate pudding come from. Like, it was in Ted's backpack is all we know. Yeah, right. That's what, yeah, because we saw it passing This out, film was yeah. full of where did that come from? Well, I guess they needed it. So let's put it in the they film at this point. Yeah. 
Um, They're going to need to fix the antenna. How how are we going to do that? Put a buttload of pudding in his back. <laughs> that we just have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's supposed to be in San Dimas. So, and San Dimas is kind of like grabbed on to this film. So when they celebrated their 60-year anniversary, they was like San Dimas 1950 to 2010, a most excellent adventure. So oh, they've kind of embraced oh. their... But the whole thing is shot pretty much in Tempe, Arizona. Because I didn't realize that's a real place. What, San Dimas? Yeah. Yes, but they didn't use San Dimas. Oh, okay. I guess San Dimas just seemed more marketable than Tempe. Oh, okay, Tempe. With Tempe, which, of course, is like in the greater Phoenix region. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm convinced I've actually gone to some of these locations without realizing it. There we are. Well, I think probably it, it also helps with the whole California talk that uh, that was mentioned earlier, like, because these guys speak the surfer talk. Yeah. So you don't really have surfers in Arizona. No, no. no. They don't so have ocean. It's to have that, yeah, to have that kind of thing. Detroit ocean. I think, yeah, it kind of eliminates. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody tries to sell you beachfront property in Arizona, you should say you no. You should say no. <laughs> Wise tip. And apparently, at the start of the film, when they get done in the garage and they go to school, and the alarm goes off, it's like, oh, we're late for what? For school, dude. First off, props to the boys for getting up at like six a.m. for band practice. <laughs> Because I'm like, when is that happening? Nice dedication. And secondly, they were supposed to have a big choreographed dance number on the way to school. The film was originally like two and a half hours long, and they had to cut it, and including a big dance sequence, which rumor has it was directed itself by Kenny Ortega, who would go on to do Dirty Dancing. He would direct Newsies, and he would do High School Musical. Wow. But his career kind of fizzled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it got any more credible, to be fair, but, no. <laughs> but he's, kept, he's kept working for sure. And then we go to history class and we get the stakes, right? You need to do well or you will fail. And all the characters we're going Funk. to meet in the film are on the chalkboard yes. behind. Yeah, the, 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 they're all labeled there. Uh, we meet Missy. I meet Mom. And Ted's like that friend who just could let things go and help you out, but he's just going to keep needling you. Remember when we were freshmen and she was a senior? Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked her to the prom? (laughs) Yeah. Shut up, Ted. Uh, um, And so something stylistically this film had tons of was, I don't know if you guys noticed this, Nick, all the wipes that were present. So like we didn't just cut from one scene to the next. We had that Star Wars thing where like the whole screen went over. And like it makes it feel incredibly dated. And in this case, not in a good way. Oh, No. (laughs) No. But but in a weird way, I didn't even feel like it was advanced for its time either because I had seen Star Wars, which was way before then, yeah. and it was a lot better. Like it was, it's so strange how I don't know the what did you just call it visual effects? I don't know. It just it's just <laughs> strange how they like well the circuits the, of history or was it circuits of time? I forgot what they say because I the circuits of time. The, circuits yeah. of time. Yeah. Okay. Because so. I thought they okay that was computer generated. And so yeah. By the way, props for having a phone booth and the phone book being the actual device where, you know, they show you where, what period of time you need to go back to. And <laughs> By using the yellow pages. Like, how many kids now, are watching thought, this now going, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was genius, actually. Because I was like sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, that is so great. You just pick pick a dry cleaner and then boom you're like in england you know yes i think today's kids would be like what the fuck's a phone booth yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's a much different film if you make it today i don't know what you'd have to do um well and that's what i'm saying we've got the next one out like we'll have to see what they did yes we yeah, will yeah, come wait. so like <laughs> We, we, we get our stakes that Ted will be sent to military school if he doesn't shape up. And uh, they go 
um, so at this point, we cut to the future, and we have the three most excellent people in the world, or most important people in the world. And you had noticed what, Liam? One of them was Clarence Clemens. From? Saxophonist? Yes. Saxophonist? Yeah. It's because... It's because of Simpsons, right? I always say saxophone. Okay. <laughs> and I was trying to correct myself. So he's the saxophone player from? <laughs> the E Street Band. The E Street Band. Yeah, so Bruce, that, Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, Which is interesting because originally they wanted ZZ Top for those three parts. Oh. <laughs> so, that like, would have been cool. That would have been good. With the, with the, the giant beards ZZ and the sunglasses. That would have been great. That would have been great. In fact, I'd like, I think I'd like that more. Oh, I think it I would too. It would have been iconic too because... The beards, yeah. the beards and the sunglasses. Yeah, everybody would have got them right off the wall. Absolutely. The and Rufus kind of beard. looks like, like if you take Rufus's look with the sunglasses and the short beard, he looks mm-hmm. like like an underling of ZZ Top because his beard's not as long. Or, or he could be their roadman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so we have that great scene where Bill and Ted are actually studying for a moment, and Missy comes in with snacks, I think? Yes. And then Bill's dad... Oh, yeah, the burnt grilled cheese. Yes, and then Bill's dad comes in and sends them... Like, the kids are like, we need to do this or we fail, and he's like, here's some money. Why don't you go out for a while? (laughs) As I I diddle your stepmom. Yes. (laughs) And they end up going to the Circle K. Now, when I moved to Phoenix, see, I thought this was a fictional convenience store. And when I moved to Phoenix, I, you should have seen my face when I realized Circle K was a real thing. Wow. I was just geeking out going, it's like, it's like I'm in Bill and Ted. Everyone else is like, what are you doing? Like, it's a Circle K. In Phoenix, there is a Circle K on every corner. Oh, okay. It, in the, they're prevalent in the South. Too. It is. is it, okay. Because it is like it's what like a Tim Hortons is in, in, in Canada. It's another version of 7-Eleven. Yes. It's like they're competitive. Yeah. Oh, okay. I you, know 7 Eleven. You can get like a oh, liter and a half of pop for like 19 cents. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get wasted. Yeah, you, you get the kidney buster. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, my, one of my favorite little bits, I still remember it word for word, was when they asked the woman who works there, what year did the Mongols invade China? <laughs> <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> and we have to. And re- that, that has become a famous line for a lot of movies. I just oh, work here. I just work here, yes. Yeah. And then we have our reveal of the phone booth not a TARDIS but a phone booth and this is important because originally the film had been called Bill and Ted's time van mm-hmm. and they were going to drive around in a van gathering people from history and the van was going to be borrowed from their 20 old year old 28 year old friend named Rufus <laughs> so you can see kind of the, the, the basis of it yeah, and they that. decided the 1969 Chevy van shouldn't be used because it was too similar to Back to the Future uh-uh. Using a vehicle as a time machine, yeah. so instead they went. What can we do? <laughs> we'll get a phone booth and uh, let's rip off the, the rip off yeah. the Brits. <laughs> because I mean, you know, it, it's a little less obvious to a Western audience. I think. Well, yeah, and everybody thinks it's like a proper phone booth, but it's it's a police box, the TARDIS, isn't of it? Of course, yeah. yeah. And so they go back, and the first deal was they were going to cause all the giant screw ups in history. They were going to cause the Titanic to sink. They were going to cause, like, the great volcano explosion of Pompeii and all these things. They were going to be the screw-ups that caused all these things to happen. It's a bit morbid, isn't it? Well, worse than this, the first character they were going to take was not going to be Napoleon. Right. Imagine someone who would have been far worse for audiences to accept as a comedic foil. Hitler? Hitler. They were going to get Hitler. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and, just, and they were going to drop him off, that, just like they did yeah. in the film. They're going to drop him off and then go back to get the others, and Hitler would be like running around San Dimas. <laughs> My God. So, do you think can you imagine Hitler in the, in the Waterloo? 
Uh, that would not have. Happen. I don't know what you like. How do you how do you play any of that for life? Like you couldn't. No. No. It, yeah, I don't see how like Hitler grabbing kids and running no. with them. Up the no, thing he's not Mel Brooks. No, he's not. No way. Like eating the, the ice cream. Yeah, Taika Waititi's not anywhere near. He joined the joined a bucket gang. <laughs> yeah, I think he would start another. He would, yeah, he would try to take over San Dimas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he loves San Dimas so much yeah. that he wants it for himself. <laughs> Um, and so, also, they were to go back in time and teach, uh, help discover fire, and then get it to light a joint, that making the stoner thing a little bit more on the nose. There, that'd, that'd, uh-huh. that'd have been all right. So, Ellie, oh, you, we did talk about the whole marijuana thing. Did you get? You were sort of, I don't know what to feel about this. Mm-hmm. Did you get that it was that stonery thing? Not really. No, um, it didn't. It didn't really give me that kind of vibe. They just felt like, you know, teenage boys. There we go. Does does the uh, stoner thing translate over to you guys? Like, have, do you do you have that stereotype of like people who smoke and weed and talk real slow? And see, ma- ma- marijuana is not nearly as uh, culturally in your face. No, here as it was even back when it wasn't legal in Canada. Like, marijuana was always high profile, and that whole thing of the stoner was around. I haven't seen anything like that yeah. myself. I think people hmm. obviously do it. But yes. we don't have any kind of like. I mean, I don't know how realistic American teen films and things are, but you wouldn't kind of go to the cafeteria at lunch and be like, oh, they're the stoners or, you know, like any kind of Mean Girls type cliques or anything. No, those are pretty dead accurate, I would say, because I had a guy in my high school that would get stoned before homeroom. And one day he stood up and was like, my nipples are hard (laughs) (laughs) in front of everybody and the teacher. And we're like, dude, and he's like, what? I should sit down. He's like, "Oh, what am I doing?" Like, oh. I like him already. I think he's funny. When I did one of my practice teaching sessions in in Canada, when I was training to be a teacher, um, I, I tell the story to, to to my British colleagues and friends now, and I'm going, "Yeah, we had some kids who'd come in and they'd be they'd be high, and they go, oh, was wasn't that really bad for the class?'" And I said, "Well, no, they might not do much, but they're like really like." passive and just chill they're not defiant they're just apathetic they're not gonna argue they're just gonna they're just having a good time they're just having a good time and you're not gonna get them to do anything besides smile a lot really that's kind of all it was i mean i grew up in the middle of rural southwestern ontario so there was a lot of farms and there were a lot of students with a lot of marijuana on their disposal i think (laughs) so we we definitely had like the the burnout section of the school Mm. yeah a concert's not a concert in Canada until you get that whiff of marijuana. So I remember you saying this before, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, now, uh, now I'm at a concert. Ellie, how old are you, if you don't mind my asking? I'm 27. Yeah, that's why. Mm. So she said she can't. See what I mean? This is what I was talking about earlier. Back in the day, that was like the original stoner guy, the way that they talked, the way that they did that. Now it's like much more prevalent that the marijuana, like everywhere you go, people are just not doing that anymore. Yeah, you we don't have I mean? that. We don't have that caricature so of the stoner anymore. You don't have the caricature of the stoner anymore because people are, like I said, it's like everybody does it. Even like CEOs and I mean CEOs all the way to like the degenerates, yep. if you want to call them that. But I mean, I, that's a bad word. I've had some friends like their eyes were always bloodshot, like because yeah. they smoked so much freaking weed. There was, I mean. You know, and and actually, you know, and being in the restaurant business, uh, people having the munchies. I mean, they were coming in. the The amount of stoners that I've had to deal with Good for business, in my I'm lifetime sure. yeah. it's, been, it's been great for business. Yeah. Unless you run an all shop. you can eat. Yes, unless you're. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a friend in art school. He would get high and then try to, and he, I don't know what he was smoking half the time because the stories he would tell me, he had this tapestry on his wall and he gets so high, he said it would come alive and he'd try to grab a sketchbook and draw it as it was moving around in his room. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think you're smoking weed anymore, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I do he remember also- one story. There was a kid beside me uh, when I was doing like my, my last, I was probably grade 12 or something like that. Um, senior year, I guess you would say in America, A levels, as you would say in this country. And I remember this kid, and he had his pen. He was like, "My my pen doesn't work." And I'm like, and I just knew was I knew it was high, so I thought I messed with him. I go, "Guy, I don't know what you're talking about. You've ruined that sheet of paper. You've drawn ink all over it." And he was like, "Oh man!" And he thought things were going great for him, and then probably asked someone else, and it ruined it. But I, I had fun for those six seconds that he was believing it. Let's talk a little bit about the circuits of history because we've, we've alluded to it. Um, definitely between that and the opening, I don't even know how to describe the opening with this golden like shaft. Yeah. It sounds quite rude as I'm starting to mention it, but the golden <laughs> shaft is like rotating. Can you, can you show us how big it was? <laughs> <laughs> but as it rotated, it felt very lawnmower man. I said in the moment, yeah, you did. But like, uh, yeah. yeah, so it was very like early '90s um, computer generated effects. But uh, as this is happening, um, Alex Winter, who played Ted referred to it Bill. as sorry who played Bill referred to it as a death ride canoe from the worst carny ride you've ever been on because it kept breaking and he said it was the least safe thing people were getting hurt on this thing Whoa. yeah and he said just terrified him whenever they had to shoot <laughs> whenever they had to shoot the circuit to time he was like no 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they broke the antenna to like put a <laughs> write me a scene I'm not doing it <laughs> so that screaming was real <laughs> maybe it was real <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> yeah that that opening thing I thought was like a screw at first like it just it was look weird that little knob thing. And yeah. It was really weird because it doesn't pay off. It's just an image. Yeah. I found it really dull. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So here's a here's another thing. Okay. There was Socrates in there. So I've been talking to Russ. I kid you not about doing a so- like honestly it, like the Socrates thing that's happening in my life right now. <laughs> like it's been a weird thing. So I've been like thinking about doing like a character, and then the next thing you know, I'm watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I'm like, oh my god, that's right, Socrates was in it too. <laughs> that's right. It, it, I'm just like, it was just so funny. And then not only that, like he just completely pronounced the name correctly every time that yes. they were asking him. He was like Socrates, Socrates. <laughs> I just, it was just so funny to me because I just that made me crack up the entire time. Well, they, it's like he kept correcting everybody to the. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> Nobody would do so it. So crazy. What was great was they were reading the list and like, we need to find some famous history leaders like Billy the Kid and Joan of Arc and Socratic Method. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, and it's a reference in the book, So Great. And he's like, so, okay. there it is. I liked it later when like Billy the Kid would be like, when he adopted Socrates, come here. <laughs> Yeah, they become best buddies. Couple. I thought it was great. They, it was like the weirdest odd couple Wasn't ever. It? Yeah. And so we do very quickly, we'll just sort of run through this. We pick up Napoleon. We pick up who the, gets offset to the little brother to babysit. And yeah. they use some film footage from 1956's War and Peace in here. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, if you yeah. saw those wide oh, shots, okay. that wasn't that. I'm like, how do they have the money to film 200 like extras and costumes? They I didn't. For some yeah. reason, I thought I was warned. No. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it was war. It was it was from the film War and Peace. I just re- yeah, yeah. reappropriated that. I guess the studio would have already had the footage yeah, yeah. at their disposal. Well, oh. they got they they, they met, color matched it pretty well. It was it wasn't bad. I was sitting there going, yeah. The only thing we got maybe go was just the scope. I'm like, there's no way you're getting away with this. And so they also pick up Billy the Kid in New Mexico, played by an actor who's like 12 years older than Billy the Kid was when he died. Yeah. So, and then we pick up Socrates. 
And <laughs> when they say, all we are is dust in the wind, dude, and they sort of blow the wind, which is, is it Kansas? Is that dust in the wind? Dust in the wind, all we are is dust in the wind. Oh, my life. I don't think this sounds far familiar. Huh? Keep going, keep going. We'll get it here in a minute. Keep going. Dust in the wind. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. That's the only thing. I saw those two lines over and over again. But then Socrates, before that, he said his bit, and the sand runs through his hands. And what he actually says in Greek, I believe, am I right? Actually, did you understand okay. it, Nick? Actually, it was uh, it, no, it was un- unintelligible, but it oh. was fine. But you know what was so funny though is like when he said that it was probably in ancient Greek, is what I'm assuming okay. because I don't speak ancient Greek. But the the best part about it is, you know, like sands through the hourglass or the yes! our lives. You know, it was just like, oh my god, that's like the soap opera. Yes, it like, is. <laughs> I was like, what a great. Thing. I mean, it's, you know. it's it's what the kids today would call an Easter egg. But is, is Days of Our Lives even a thing anymore in the states? No, it's gone. Is I it mean, gone? I believe it's gone. Oh. Yeah, they, a lot. The majority of them are gone. I don't oh. know. If they're still, I know there's that a from couple friends. soap operas though. I think oh, Days of Our I Lives. I thought it was made gone. up. That's no, real. That's real. General, General Hospital, maybe. Oh. Uh, only if we had something that would allow us to look up information quickly. Yeah. <laughs> we have that. It's called Ellie. <laughs> it was Kansas. Oh, was it Kansas? Yeah, okay. Well and now can you, see if, can you see if Days of Our Lives is still on the air? With, with Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> yes. Joe Tribbiani is Dr. Drake Ramore. <laughs> and so. Lucci. Who was in it? Was that Susan Lucci in there too? Uh, no, that's there, the one but... she's not in. It's the one with, oh, I forget. Deirdre Hall. And Jake oh, Hoggiston. They were the big ones. Okay, you're going to have mad. Yeah. I can't believe we went to soap opera. I know. The best yeah. soap opera ever. Well, let's go to England, <laughs> as is, they said. It is still on. Still on the air. There we go. Wow. So let's go to 15th century England, or Italy, as it really was. <laughs> and if this looked a little Monty Python-y, mm. it's because mm-hmm. they actually got the production designer from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Because they wanted oh. that kind of a feel for this, like kind of irreverence, but still historic and filming yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah. So they got the production designer from Holy Grail, oh. which I would not have that those two films I would not have put side by side. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and the movie has time for historical babes and a two minute Star Wars sword fight. <laughs> like that was not a small bit. Like they went on for that nope. sword fight for a bit. They did, didn't they? And it wasn't very good. Nope. <laughs> no, no. So he falls downstairs. By he, I mean Ted. And somehow this guy comes up and just stabs what we assume is Ted. Now, he's wearing a suit of armor from the castle. So theoretically, it would have like the castle sigil on it. So why is he stabbing it? Hmm. You'd think he'd at least lift his helmet up. First, and remember, right? and just Billy the Kid's got a gun. Hmm. So why is he waiting? <laughs> But Billy's not there. Yeah, get the gun from Billy before you go in. Well, the, the, the thing that always got me was is he's like, I fell out of this suit. <laughs> and like, what? Like, that doesn't How do you work think that suits way. Work? You don't fall out <laughs> of a suit of armor. As Bill's, like, he's got giant chunks of his T-shirt visible through each piece of the armor. But Ted, he fell out of it. But the suit is, like, perfectly intact in, like, perfect yeah. human shape <laughs> without any visible anything. It's just like, like... But it makes it more Robot funny. man. It makes it more stupid. <laughs> and, and yeah, but it's like in the sword going in, it was like it was perfect. Like that's another thing. Yes. You would have had to have a body in there. I mean, or something. Or, or, yeah, mean, or also would have moved or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's got like a perfect pierce mark. And I'm like, if you if the sword is causing your armor to just split open like that, your armor is not very good. No, it's tinfoil. Yeah. <laughs> so at which point then Ted, Bill gets in a fight. Uh, is about to die. For some reason on this one, the killer takes a moment, just long enough for Ted to hit him in the head with like a vase or something. 
and it was a bone. Like a, oh, was it? Was it? it was like a joint a, of meat. Yeah, like a well, oh, was it a bone? <laughs> yeah, like, like a, from a, a medieval feast type. Yeah. All right. At which point they're so excited to see each other, they hug, and then they have to assert that this is a heterosexual platonic hug. <laughs> This is 1980, late 80s. It is the late 80s. <laughs> yeah. And look, it was it was really difficult back in those days to be a gay and like closeted. Though I was one of them, okay. so I totally understand because that that what they were doing in the in the school that's exactly what was happening in my high school. As yeah, well. like it was oh, similar. Okay. It was similar to mine. I mean, that yeah, word would get thrown so around. Now they're like, whatever, pass the salt. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so. Um, and so now they end up. Oh, so they're. We, we run into the princesses, and they say, will you go to the prom with us back in San Dimas? <laughs> and that was supposed to be the end of the film. They were supposed to go to the prom together. Oh, really? Oh, but they looked at it and went, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they looked at it and went, doesn't really fit. Doesn't really? fit the tone. Because no, 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 no. they went, the, the, the fun part, the exciting part is, is, is the presentation. So, so get out of it there. Yeah. And so and so they cut that. But on the British DVD art, there was like a, a panel which had them in like the, the prom stuff to show that they did shoot the scene of them at the prom, but just never used it. Oh, okay. They're, oh. They're going to get married to some ugly old dudes, which I'm guessing is Bill's dad. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. True. Um, <laughs> True. And they're about to be executed. And then they're saved because the guys in the robes are actually Billy the Kid and Socrates, Socrates also known as Socrates. Socrates, yeah. Right. At which point, I want to know how the two of them communicated this was about to happen because Socrates never learns English. Because they're best buddies. <laughs> and Billy the Kid, to the best of my knowledge, never learns Greek. But, no, but Socrates is really it, good at like basic, sign language. not actual <laughs> sign language, sign language. Yeah. Body language. They're Body like, language. Oi, come over here. We're going to put these robes on, and then we're going oh. to pick up this axe thing. And then they're like, over. they're like, they're like proper yeah. London. Oi, oi, oi! Yeah. You come here, right? I want to see. I want to see them go on their excellent adventure. That's <laughs> a spinoff I want to see. Yeah, what, Billy and well, Socrates' yeah. excellent like, adventure. My friend and I, we used to talk about movies and be like, "What about the day after? What happens the day after?" Like you guys did Breakfast Club. We always yeah. wanted to see a movie about what. What happens when they go back to school on Monday? Yeah, yeah. we have talked about that. Not much I changes, keep, we decided. I keep thinking about this. I like, uh, I want to know what happened in time now that all these people have been affected by Bill and Ted. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can go back to normal life, could you? Like, Socrates loves San Dimas. Like, is he going to be able to go back and just hang out with, like, the columns and the pillars? <laughs> he's like, and, he's like, I love baseball. Yeah. Like, he would have invented baseball. And, and now Napoleon it loves ice cream and water slides. So yes. what happens to France? Well, <laughs> yeah, indeed, and that's actually a good place to do this because the phone booth goes on shuffle, and it just starts going to random places in history. Yeah, including it goes back to the future, where we meet the excellent dudes. Yep, and they kind of go whoa, and they say you know be excellent to each other and yada yada yada. And this is like just as a quick aside, have you heard that Netflix is doing this the whole shuffle thing? No, what no. do you mean? What is that? That now you can, or it's coming out, is that on Netflix, you can go ahead and hit like a shuffle button. And based on the things you've watched and what you've rated, it will, based on that algorithm, give you a random program that you th- it thinks you will like. Nice. Oh, that, that seems interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, saw, I read about it this week. I thought, that seems really kind of all right. 
As long as they don't so. do it with like a series, and you get like episode twenty three, and you've already watched two, hopefully and you need three, hopefully you yeah. watch, yeah, yeah. Because no, because like there was a Farscape, and when Netflix was doing the the DVDs, I was renting out six and in and out. The person who designed the Farscape uh, DVDs did that. They did DVD one had episode one and episode twenty four, and then DVD two had episode two and then episode twenty. So I could not watch them. In sequence, I had that's to figure weird. out. Oh like, wow, was, that's weird. Yeah, it was whoever did that should have been fired. The yeah, only, the definitely. Only, <laughs> the only thing I can see happening is I believe Netflix will. Oh, the algorithm suggested another Netflix original production. Would you imagine that? <laughs> it's never going to give me like something that like I want to see. It's going to be like here's the Netflix original movie with Jen Aniston and. Vince Vaughn, Adam Sandler. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the time there's like, a, oh, you have an 83 percent match, and it's like. Really? I hate it's like, that film. It's like everything that's trending or recommended for me is Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. I'm like, is it? I don't think it is. Um, so we go back to the ice cream palace with Napoleon, and he's trying to eat this like giant bowl of ice cream. And there's these two ugly, stupid waiters. That's what they're called in the credits, stupid waiter and ugly waiter. And they're going, eat the pig, eat the pig. Those are for screenwriters. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, fair That's enough. why they gave themselves those names, because I'm like, wow, how do you keep going in your movie career? Your acting career is like, I was the ugly guy. Hi. <laughs> was, yeah. Hi. I, I'm reading for the part of ugly guy. <laughs> just don't seem, you're just not good looking enough for this okay, part. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm stupid. I'm better I'm looking like, than are him. Are you talking about Bill Winters or Keanu Reeves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get Napoleon going to the water slide. Waterloop. Waterloop. Very nicely named. And because of the budget of the film, they couldn't afford to shut this thing down. So a bunch of people in the background are just people who went to the water park that day and got to be Yay. in a movie. That yeah. is cool. Wow. So that's all right. I love that. You might have had to wonder at first, what's, what's, with, the, what's with the guy? Uh, how does Napoleon find long swimming suit underwear to wear? I, I, know, I, I don't know. And, and a speedo hat. Oh, I thought it was probably what was underneath his. Really? How did he get the like, suntan lotion for his nose? Uh, he probably just stole that. And he's, <laughs> and he's yeah. flat out assaulted by the teenager at the top of the slide. Yeah, right. he, he is. Like, and finally, like, there's the question with any time you have, like, a water slide sort of sequence, like in the Inbetweeners 2, I think it is. There's one of those. I haven't seen that. Have you not? How many times do you think this poor guy had to ride the water slide to get those shots? A lot. I wish I had the answer, but there were shots really from above. Fun. There were shots from below. There were point of view shots. And there's at least multiple takes for each one of those. Yeah, the time well, it was done, they did it like a multi-camera for a few of those, so that they didn't keep having to do. Multiple. Well, you you you'd definitely catch the other guy in the shot, wouldn't you? And just for safety's purpose, you wouldn't want three of them in a row. Well, it depends on how you angle it. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure: Twelve cameramen were injured in the. I was say, how much fun would that be being the cameraman going down with him? Yeah, <laughs> I imagine they just dress up a cameraman in his costume and had him go down for the point of view shots. But the one who was before behind him, yeah, but yeah, yeah. keep keep the camera no, sort of still. Actor. Here, take the five thousand dollar camera, ten thousand dollar camera. Hold it, it with yourself. Hold it with, <laughs> yeah. hold it with your feet and don't break character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we just rush through picking up the rest of the characters. We got Zygmunt Freud, who can't speak English in this first part. I just want to bring this up. He speaks yeah. no English. Mm, yeah. He's like, what is this? And that's about all the English that he knew. Uh, Beethoven, who is deaf at the start, because the, the, the phone booth shows up and he doesn't notice. And Beethoven was really deaf in real life, yeah. Ellie, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan. And Liam, what did you notice about Genghis Khan? I love Genghis Khan. 
he is a guy who is the stunt coordinator, but he was also in um, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and Commando. He's the guy who turns up everywhere as an extra or a bit part. And he's uh, like henchman number three in like all of these movies. Yeah, he's he's like Jason Statham. He never changes his look. <laughs> <laughs> he's exactly the same look. So the only way you can pair this guy accurately saying he's like Jason Statham. That's like yeah. the only thing. And because he's a stunt coordinator, that's why he does all the stuff with the swordy thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't Shop know is, that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you guys were bringing up like the Encyclopedia Britannica behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. It's a little bit what we do. Yeah. And then uh, Abraham Lincoln. Who I, I hear was an American president. Was he? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> yeah, he did something. Daniel Day yeah, Lewis. Something, Daniel Day Lewis played him in some film. I think it's My Left Foot. <laughs> I was out. You beat me to that one. Did I? <laughs> if I could go back in time, I'd say, look, look, Abraham, don't go to the theater. Don't go to the theater. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, well, I mean, he has to do because he's got to fight vampires. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Like, actually, you think Bill and Ted could have done him a solid? Actually, think about all the characters in this movie. You've got Lincoln, you've got Joan of Arc, yeah, yeah. You've got Billy the Kid. All yeah, but he weren't a nice guy, Billy well, the Kid. In this movie, he is. Yeah, but he and he helps really. them out. Hey, he got them. They got him an A plus. <laughs> they can at least say, "Don't go to the theater. Watch out for the English." And live beyond twenty one. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you don't trust um, the, the coward Garrett. Robert Ford or whatever his name was. Oh no, that was um... oh, it's Jesse James. Jesse James. Apologies, yeah. yeah. But, like, they know history. There's a book. Read about yourself. By the way, real history textbook. Oh. <laughs> they actually just used a real school textbook rather than print something of their own. Why not? Why not? You think there would have been a rule from Rufus saying, hey, do not let these guys know about this. They don't future. do the Back to the Future rules at all. Like, they could have gone no. back and got all the betting sports almanacs. Then <laughs> 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 of a day, you two just need to win at life. <laughs> Here's the lottery numbers tomorrow. I'd love to have seen in or the background. they could have invented Google. Yes. I'd love to see in the background a DeLorean just flying off. <laughs> It's funny. Nah. That'd be cool. Hot, hot tub time. <laughs> yeah. It just shows up and it's like on the stage with Marty as he's yeah. doing Johnny Be Good in 1955. Uh, they fix the. Oh, sorry. Then we go to the bowling lanes. The bowling gets ditched. And what time of night is it at this point? Because it was late when Bill and Ted go to the Circle K the first time. And now we've got like they've gone and got ice cream. He's gone to. He's. It was before the water park. He goes bowling. And he gets kicked out of the bowling lanes. I'm like, is this like three in the morning? And if so, what is his little brother doing out? I just assumed that they fell asleep like, the next day. <laughs> I thought it was the next day. Because, no, because they only have until the next like, their, their assignment was due the next day. That's why they're trying to pull an all-nighter for this. Well, oh, So right. if it's still dark, it's still the same night. That's true, yeah. Well, Waterloop was during the day. Yeah, I screwed up the order of the – I screwed up the order of, 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 yeah. of recap. Waterloo happens after he gets ditched. Right. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, this is, bowling. this is one late bowling lane. Okay, so maybe we need to go back and zoom in on clocks. Maybe. Well, speaking <laughs> yeah. of that, we now have a scene where they meet themselves again with the whole 69 dudes on the other side of it. I love that. And we find out that Ted hasn't wound his watch, and he doesn't have 10 and a half hours. He has two hours to go. So they have to get back to San Dimas. Um, and so... They get back to San Dimas, and Missy's got, like, these giant headphones with an antenna on them. Like, these are, like, 1988 AirPods. And um, she says, I'm not taking you anywhere until you've done your chores. At which point I asked, is this a weekday or is this a weekend? Because everybody's at school for these speeches, but the little brother's at a baseball game, and and Bill and Ted have chores to do. 
And and the kids are at the water park, so this has got to be a Saturday. So, which point? What school teacher is saying you got to come in on the Saturday to do your presentations? The same one in Breakfast Club. (laughs) (laughs) I make thirty one thousand dollars a year. (laughs) You're going to do your presentations. Um, You'd have to get like because there there was I assume three history classes because there was like two hundred students. Oh, there was the whole student body there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Bill and Ted are like this is like they're scholastic. You know, you will you will or you won't graduate based on what happens today. And Missy's like, do your chores. <laughs> Stupid. Um, and and so going in. and so they get the chores done, and they're like, finish. Right, like, great. They're gonna go to the school. No, they're gonna go to the mall. <laughs> right, because they have to learn about San Demon. They have to learn about. Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Oh, no, that's that's the whole. Oh, right. It is. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was the process. assignment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh, how those history people uh, like San Demon. Yeah. And the presentations have begun at the school where a girl's talking about fast food. We go to the historical figures in the mall and they all kind of make some sort of mayhem happen. So Joan of Arc takes over the aerobics class. Which is funny. Um, Genghis oh, Khan beats up a... Genghis Khan <laughs> goes nuts in the sporting goods store and can ride a skateboard on day one better than I ever could. He is brilliant. Mm, oh. He's brilliant. Lincoln's getting his picture taken and refuses to give the hat back. <laughs> and the beard. And the beard. <laughs> Uh, Beethoven can now hear because he can hear all this electronic sound around him. I don't know if he him. can hear it. I think he feels it, doesn't he? It's electronic. It's not like it's like like There's v- vibration, but it's I not mean, it's, it's technical. But but, like, it, but it's not. Surely it's not the same thing. Well, maybe mm. the trip through the time of the circuits of time uh, gave him back his hearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I think I think he could hear again. I yeah, think, I, I think I, he, he has to have. He read the script and said, I can hear in this scene. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Sigmund Freud can speak English in this scene because I think my favorite thing, I do want to see this, is I want to see Socrates and Billy the Kid surf for girls <laughs> and then have Sigmund Freud show up. And did you notice it was in Sigmund Freud's hand while he's trying to pick up the girls? No. He's got a corn dog yes. and it's fully up. And then when she turns him down, it sort of droops down. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> like, that I didn't is, notice I'm that. Like, that. Oh my God. That wasn't research. I'm like, that is funny. I phallic things once. I'm like, literally, I'm always looking for those. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, Zygmunt Freud and your fully erect corn dog? God bless you. <laughs> I did notice that. Um, we get back to the station. Freud continues to learn English. And then we have a whole bunch of gimmicks where Bill and Ted say, Remember later today to do this thing that'll get us out of the problem we're in now. And it's just there. And so do it with keys. And the tape recorder is my big bugbear on this one because it's a portable tape recorder. And it's like, Dad, Dad, over here, Dad, Dad. Yeah, yeah. And so Dad finally gets to the corner of the precinct where this is. And it's like in some bookshelf. And there's like three people working in this little cubby hole of the jail cell. <laughs> we're like, they could have been like, Okay. A horrible detective, his dad. They, and <laughs> yeah. everybody around him, they're like, "Not my, not my son. I'm not going over there." So, and when we learned that, like, he'd lost his keys. Like, I don't think for a moment we thought it was the keys to the actual cell. No. So, shouldn't Dad have been a lot more concerned? Like, he was saying, "Like, I've lost my keys. What are you doing with my <laughs> keys?" Hey, if they're your keys, like sheriff of the town, maybe take responsibility for the fact that you don't know where they are. Yeah. But secondly, like, it should be a much bigger deal that you can't find keys that unlock the cells. Mm-hmm. And Missy just and pulls the car around the back. Yeah. And blaming the sun. And Missy's aiding and abetting the release of, you know, prisoners. She did not realize that she was driving erratically <laughs> at this police station. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, the floating trash can, how does the floating trash can happen? 
Right. It just it just thing. it just does in the same way that you could it, set it up read a, the script. A ta- you could set up a tape recorder <laughs> with a timer. I've never heard of this. No. Well, like overall, I think that the, it it was a very fun movie. It's I fun. Mean, it's what it right is. now the way yeah, you yeah, described yeah. it all was just kind of funny because it doesn't make sense really now that I'm thinking about it. The script had holes like pretty yeah. much the entire time, even with the explanation. When they were constantly, I felt like there was a constant <laughs> exposition after another exposition. Yeah. Like, oh, another exposition. <laughs> and this all depends. Something else. And this all banks on Ted, who forgot to wind his watch right when the future version of himself said, wind your watch. He goes, oh, okay, and doesn't. Yeah. But yet he remembers all these intricate steps after this thing's over. Right. <laughs> these slacker guys. And so they show up for their presentation, and we get this voiceover. Welcome, San Dimas High, from their 1988 world tour. For a film that was released in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here are the historical figures. And so um, originally, all the scene was going to be was them in their classroom doing a presentation for their peers. With like all the historical figures like lined up behind them as they give the speech. That would have been funny. It would have been very underwhelming. <laughs> if you got rid of the big like light. on the stage yeah, lights yeah, thing. School day. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't have worked. No, I understand. I'm that, glad that they chose to do it in the auditorium. Me too. And it was that was wonderful. And there were some great little bits. I mean, uh, the bit where uh, Ted's getting psychoanalyzed by Sigmund Freud yeah. on the couch. Um, Joan of Arc's doing like a fighting thing with Bill. Uh, so- so- Socrates is playing like the world's best game of charades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and probably my favorite it was how Billy the Kitty shoots out the the, the light. But um, Beethoven's doing some music, and I forgot the one I was going to mention, and that really bugs me. Oh. So Napoleon's doing his water slide thing, but everything else is lined up like the actual Battle of Waterloo. Yes. Which he loses. And Ted goes, I don't think it's going to work, which is a great little bit where you go, well, it's not going to work. It's the Battle of Waterloo, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the release of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And he goes four score and seven minutes ago, which means what, my American friends? 87 minutes. I love how we got that on the first time. Yeah, that's great. There's been no, well done, there's been no post-production editing in this moment <laughs> right now. <laughs> Nick and Russ do know everything. Nick and Russ, everything. Let it not we be said that Nick and Russ anything. don't know American history. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know useless stuff, like parachutes were invented in Paris. There you go. Were they really? Parachutes. Yeah. Parachutes. I like that. Or the first parachuting event happened. Wow. That's cool. Thank you for that. And (laughs) so they get their A+. Everybody is saved. They go back to practicing. Nothing's gotten better. And then enter Rufus, who rewards them with girls. Is Rufus a pimp? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I saved them from some real ugly dudes. Still not really that good here, Rufus. No. And he gives them guitars that are ugly. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. They don't have any tuning pegs. Ugly. That's and weird. and uh, he wants to jam with them. And Rufus is really good. That's not him, though, is it? No, the hands are the guy. Van, is that Van Halen? Not Van Halen. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the hands of the guy who did the music in the film. Oh, okay. So they gave him a moment. Oh, well, that'd be Van Halen. And that's <laughs> kind of the film. And his, and his Rufus, the last line goes, they do get better. <laughs> and that's and the he movie. Looks at the camera when he does it as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Couple of little extra bits in the scene where they go sixty nine, dudes. I don't know for what reason. Ellie, maybe you'll know better than I will in this. Um, that wouldn't translate well into German for whatever reason. So they switched it to Arnold Schwarzenegger, dudes, for the for the German. They they shot that. I don't know if the sixty nine is considered especially crass oh. in Germany. 
You, Not that I'm aware of. You do know the 69? Yeah. 69? <laughs> That sounds weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> Some they just they changed it to uh, maybe like, it's considered to be yeah. more graphic. Or but warum? We have been here. Can you read this right here? Uh, that there. Kolakana Hoshi. Do you know what that means? Full something something. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was like one of the change of be excellent to each other was changed into that in Germany, and it caught on. It was part of the vernacular for like oh, a okay. while after the fact. Um, and so, Liam, you were asking me during the thing, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to know where that telephone booth was now? Yes, I would. Ooh. Ahem. The phone booth time machine was given away in a contest prize by Nintendo Power Magazine, which was promoting Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure in 1991. So who has it? Some kid won it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Winter has said that he gets two types of letters from teachers. <laughs> Positive ones from history teachers for encouraging students to learn about history, and negative ones from English teachers for affecting the way that students speak. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you feel on this? I'm I'm a bit torn, I think. (laughs) A little bit of both. And so that's more or less the deep dive on the film. I just Googled Polakana Hoshi, and it translates to, right on, dude. Right Right on, on, dude. dude. So. (laughs) Yeah. The word dude, how many times do you think it's said in this a movie? A lot. 69 a times. Lot. 69, dudes. <laughs> is, is it 69? Really no, you're close. It's 70. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, they should have kept it 69. Mr. Trick Bear, yeah. And then how, how about excellent? Excellent. Oh, uh, so many times. Yeah, I'm going to say 48. 43. 43? 30. I'm, I'm going to be oh. 69. 69? <laughs> Dueling Arnold Schwarzenegger, it is not. It is 30. 30, huh? 30 times. Um, and that's more or less. So what were people's... I mean, I think we all talked about Bill and Ted and which one we liked best about that. If we go around the table, if we go Liam, Ellie, Russ, and Nick, just because that's the way I can see it, so I'm going to make that sort of the sort of way. Uh, is there a favorite character who's not Bill or Ted in this film, and yes. why? Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan? Yeah, because of the, the stunt coordinator. Guy. Yeah? Yeah, I still don't know his name. But okay. He's one of my favorite actors of the eighties because he appears in everything. Okay, look out for him, Ellie. I like Socrates. Just I think probably because of his different hand gestures and the fact that he doesn't speak any English, so I just think it adds a lot of humor. Okay, uh, Russ. I was going to say Socrates too because I love when he called Freud a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Geek. I think it was a geek. 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 Oh, geek. Sorry. Geek. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Nick. And actually, for me, Napoleon, I think, stole the show. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I, there was something about him you know, that was just very lovable. I don't know, a little lovable, short French guy <laughs> in, a, you know, in a water slide. You can't go wrong. So, I want to say Rufus for mine, but he's not in it enough. Yeah, but still. I like juxtaposition. I like when you take things you expect to be one way and you make them different. You make them ironic. You take things and you place them. So I really liked Abraham Lincoln in this because he's Mm. the coda of that presentation and you have him come out all solemn and he plays it and milks it and that sort of gravity that Abraham Lincoln would have. And then he easily is the most like transferred over to like Bill and Ted speak of any of them. So yeah, yeah. I liked Abraham Lincoln. I think the movie tells me I'm supposed to like Abraham Lincoln best. Maybe because it's America, America, rah, rah, rah. But Genghis well, Khan. my uh, least before. favorite one was Joan of Arc. Well, I was going to ask about that. Okay, so least, least favorite, Joan of Arc? My mm-hmm. least favorite was Joan of Arc because I felt like she was 
First of all, I thought it was Winona Ryder for a moment. We all did. We all did. I said that. I said it's it's like Diet Winona Ryder. Yeah, it it looked just. Yeah, we said that here too. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, is that Winona Ryder? First of all, and then secondly, yeah, not that I. I mean, I love. I love Winona Ryder. Don't get me wrong. I love Jordan Lucas. That's like my favorite film of hers. Where she was like, maybe she had Winona Ryder hair. (laughs) Yeah, she had Winona Ryder hair. Yeah, but also, yeah, very good. uh, Well done, Russ. Yeah, I mean, it was just an awkward thing. Like she went and took over the the aerobics class and. I don't know. It just, to be fair, it was at least I graceful. Just like, she just pushes the girl out of the way. <laughs> right. Like, she like showed her hard. <laughs> she did. She... Okay, so we're not a writer. Anybody else have one they didn't like? Oh, we're not a writer. I mean, Joan of Arc. <laughs> uh, are we talking about histor- historically? The, well, the or, or characters, like, or I guess. Anybody? I mean, I, 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 I hated like. Napoleon. So it's it's interesting that you loved him. I hated Napoleon. Oh. Always have. Every time I've watched him, I just did not like Napoleon. But I don't think I'm supposed to like Napoleon. I'm mm. supposed to agree with his brother. But he's a what do you say? He's a he's, he's a, a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> well, see, I thought the brother was a dick. Like, he was. Yeah, oh was yeah, like, he's not likable either. I didn't like the brother. I was like, you're gonna they're gonna fuck, fucking fail. Like, you had you had one job, and yeah, he, and he, he, and he gave you money. He was supposed to help your brother out, and he gave you money. <laughs> I didn't like Ted's yeah. father. Okay, I didn't like Ted's father either. No. No. Yeah. yeah, I think everybody's not liking yeah. him. <laughs> even like, even like Bill's father like shushes him, and he's like yelling at Bill's dad, going, "Cause you let him get away with everything." And he's like, "Oh, cause your discipline's working." He's like, "It is working." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like, when he you would stop sh- uh, sag- uh, shagging your uh, hot, like twenty yeah. something wife, we, you know, he just like, would be better. He just like sidesteps that, yeah, which is funny in the sequel, oh. of course. Because in the sequel, Missy ends up. Missy starts off the film with Ted's dad. Oh, okay. I haven't. I. Haven't, I, I it's been a while. For yeah. So Missy. So, 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 yeah, so the whole film, Missy is with I Ted's dad, and Bill's Ted. Uh, Bill's dad's just crying the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought the bundle, so I got all three of them. So I'll have to watch the the second one and then jump into the third one. There you go. Cool. Uh, Ellie was our character you didn't like. Not really. I don't feel like many of the characters were fleshed out very much. I think the the movie is so. I don't know whether fast-paced is the right word, but it just moves from scene to scene really quickly, and I don't feel like you get an awful lot. It's of got the film suffers from ADHD. I mean. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like even when and they it, go to these historical places, it's not like they go there and actually experience anything or learn any history. They just kind of hop in, and go, "Oh, it's a castle. Oh, here you are, historical figure. Come with us." And they don't even have a conversation with them. I and mean, sometimes it's because they don't speak English, but they just don't have chance to really delve into character development. Of yeah, they really pacify Genghis Khan quickly because he goes from like, I'm going to kill you to like helping steal Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, does He's also like sexually assaulting a, a, a woman. He is. Really like, <laughs> I know this, this movie would not be made today. Like the Me Too movement. Like, I mean, it would just be like... There's a like, lot of movies know, would so. not be made today. <laughs> well, this movie kind of is being made today because yeah. it's, come, it's come out this week, but yeah. it, obviously not the well, first one. It'll yeah, be different. I don't think yeah. it's going to have a lot of the references that it did back in those days. Oh, of course you know, not. Like no, homophobic. No, no. Absolutely. The homophobic references, the... You know, the babes, you know, all of that. So <laughs> yeah, just I think we're going to see a more mature Bill and Ted. And I think hopefully his father will be in it too because... Who the fuck goes to a, like a military academy in Alaska? That's like the other weird thing about it. But anyway, it was just so. What sounds I, even I more harsh than military academy? Put it in Alaska. I love it. <laughs> well, the the premise of the third is that they're they're grown up and they're parents. 
Yeah, and they've yeah, never yeah. really made it if a, if if it, if the synopsis are in. Like that. Yeah, and so they're wondering like, when does this happen? Which is a good question because I was shown on the album cover that Rufus shows us they are young when they are doing that strum when they are successful as Wild Stallions, and they look mm. pretty old in the in the trailer for for the new one. So I'm like, should have happened by now, shouldn't it? Mm. Just a thought. Well, he says, what is the time frame that Rufus says in the future is what seven hundred years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah Has Alex Winter yeah. done anything after Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures? Bill so and Ted's he, was a, he became a director. Oh, did he? he oh, went on, okay. Yeah, he went on to direct stuff. That he got he got behind the camera. Where oh, he directed some music videos. I know that. Like right afterwards, one of the he started getting him directing music videos big time. Art kind of simulating life in a sense. Mm. Godly and Cream did as well. Was there like a best element, best scene, best kind of? Aspects best it can be either in the script or outside of it. My favorite scenes are the the Circle K one. The Circle K. Yeah, oh, yeah. so the one where they're talking to themselves. Where they talk, yeah. Where you see it from a distance, you can't see what the conversation is, and then you see the conversation from when they come back. No, it is nice because it plants like a little Easter egg. So like That's they say, nice. like say hello to the princesses, and then we yeah, see the princess. Yeah, yeah. We go, oh, I saw that. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like you see the ever half of the conversation. Oh, and then all the little payoffs they foreshadow on them, but best shown as the double conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good one. I, I like that. I also like that in the second one, they didn't make you like listen to the whole conversation again. We just yeah. jumped to 69, <laughs> yeah. dudes. Uh, Ellie. I like the bit where Freud is in the police station and he starts interrogating the cop and uh, psychoanalyzing <laughs> him. With perfect English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, that Prison massive that detail you. aside, I thought that Maybe was Maybe really it's like the TARDIS scene. where like they all, because I don't know if you know about, the, about Doctor Who and the TARDIS, but your ear tunes to whatever yeah. the native language is. Yeah. And it's the tar- <laughs> It's not that you know the language, the TARDIS is translating for you. Yeah. Uh, Russ. Uh, I, okay, so when I saw this, I, was, I, used, I was a fat kid, so I loved the ice cream scene. Because <laughs> 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 we didn't have any places that served ice cream like that, and I was like, I want to eat that much ice what cream. Does, what does the sticker say he gets? Something piggy? Iggy Piggy. Iggy, Iggy Piggy? Piggy? Yeah. Or Ziggy Piggy. Is it Ziggy Piggy? Is it either Ziggy Piggy or Iggy Piggy? I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine like, doing that and then giving a sticker with a pig on it. That's simply like, yeah, you ate this much. You were a pig. Here is physical proof of it. Yeah. But he has and now it, 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 it do like a little oink oink thing. Yes. Like it became another medal for Napoleon. Like, yeah. You know, that's that's, right that's really clever. Yeah. And he conquered, you know, Iggy Piggy. <laughs> wow. Ziggy. It is his Ziggy Piggy, is it? Okay, yeah. Ziggy Piggy, I'm being told. Ziggy Piggy. Uh, and the way they were cha- that chanting, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun scene. Nick. So for me, actually, the uh, the future scene where they went up and then oh, okay. uh, they did, you know, they did the whole uh, arm movement for yeah. the music and stuff. And then uh, suddenly, like, a whole bunch of random people just showed up. <laughs> like, you know, out of the blue, like, suddenly everybody came in for the concert. But for some reason, I really enjoyed it because I'm like, oh, because suddenly I saw the harmony that they created. Like for me, that was the scene that culminated like all, you know, the adventure really was for that, right? Because it created the harmony and peace, all of that and serenity for the for the future. So that's where it was, you know, for me, I I like that scene, too. I was like, are those the rest of the people of the world? Is that it? Like (laughs) did something happen and we only have that many people left? 
<laughs> just this I, cult I, that survived. Do you know what I'd like to see? And I'd like to see Pete Townsend in the background, <laughs> just doing that because of all the windmills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, doing the air guitar. Yeah, that'd been brilliant. For me, I think the best part was I think the I I, I think this film is really well edited, which I didn't think I was going to say going in. But like all the fun and the most fun scenes are scenes where. You have them all doing different things, uh, but you just sort of compile them really fun to, to music. And the two best ones are the shopping mall scene and then the mm-hmm. scene where they're uh, doing the presentation. Yeah. And you interlace all these jokes and they kind of build and breathe and you give a little bit of Napoleon. Then we're going to make you wait. And there's the bit of Napoleon. And it comes together in both cases. It was really, really fun little narrative and this film may have a lot of flaws and definitely it's writing is just just get them out of it however you need to with that pen but but it's just a fun ride but it's fun and that's all this is supposed to be it's just a fun ride through it's not gonna win an oscar the circuits of time (laughs) no this is not gonna win an oscar they weren't in it for the oscar they were not and the academy award goes to (laughs) keanu reeves and alex winner they go back he win the academy um so something we like to call my little grumble is there a, a bone of contention something you want to complain about with this film liam nope i love it okay <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get a 10 i think it's just Ellie. um we already touched on it earlier but the part where he says he fell out of the suit like what even is that <laughs> just doesn't make any sense a lot of it didn't make sense <laughs> well, well no but that part in particular i just no, you just got to get it. It was just stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> it like, was, I mean, but, but that's yeah, the stupid whole film fun. was stupid. I get, it. I know, but yeah. What we said earlier. It's about not usual suspects. <laughs> it's it's not Christopher McQuarrie's not smiling at us from no, outside no, the no. frame. Um, Russ, anything? Yes, I have one bit that really got me. Okay, so every time they did the little, okay, there was one scene where they did this, but they didn't have the sound effect. Do yes. it. They did it with their mouth. Yes. That bothered me so much. That was, was like, I think that's when they met themselves and the four of them all did it. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, like every other time it was with the, the music sound effect and then them all doing it with their mouths. I was like, see that mistake must've been done in the editing room. I just praised the editing, but cause the, that they filmed it, of course, without with just them going the whole time, and then one of them obviously got by without putting it in. But you're right; I did notice it when it happened, and went, "Oh, they missed that one for whatever reason." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick, I I did not notice that. So anyway, but so the, so obviously it didn't bother me. Uh, but uh, the I would probably say the girl, the the two princesses that yeah. show up at the very end with uh, with uh, George Carlin, so with Rufus, and I'm like sitting here thinking like. And then they, he introduced them to credit cards and all of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that just mall? felt so, yeah. yeah, that just felt so random. I just, I mean, you know. Each of the boys receives their closure. Prize. I guess there should have been closure with the girls, but I just wouldn't have chosen that kind of closure with it. Because they didn't, I mean, you know, the clothes that they wore and all that, it was just kind of interesting. I don't know. I just didn't really feel like it was uh, necessary to have that Do you there, think the script so. writers were smoking something? You oh, know what? They I were definitely smoking. Five days at a coffee <laughs> shop to write this. <laughs> yeah. I think those were the dresses for the prom scene. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have the budget to do a prom scene, so they're like, "We'll just throw them in the garage. We'll have to explain why they have dresses, and, and then we spent the, the money on the dresses. So, yeah, we just spent we just spent a hundred dollars on a couple of dresses. Let's we'll figure out. Let's yeah. figure out how to put the men now. It's also or, really good. Or the the director's like, those are my wife's dresses. She made those. We have to put them in the film. Yeah. It's also really good of them for a band with two lead guitar players to even have a drum kit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. kind of like, that's that's optimistic. Yeah. Uh, my grump- yeah, and then, 
Yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. No, and then the way they were playing the drums, you know, that was like another. She went like a little dingy thingy. It was just kind of weird. So that was dingy true. Thingy. I don't know. It was just. She was just. It didn't seem like she was playing the drums. It felt like you know when she <laughs> hit the drums in the end. It felt like oh, yeah. I'm like. I really? think we can forgive her she more than Bill and Ted. <laughs> be thrown into a dress and said here play the drums and she's got it she didn't go what the fuck are these maybe she can use <laughs> it. okay first of all all i know is that if somebody grabs a stick they should be able to like you know pound something with it that's all <laughs> <laughs> well sydney best film ever <laughs> after dark yeah uh for my grumble i'm gonna say this I and mean, there's rules every time you do a time travel movie or at least there should be, right? Okay, right. Yeah. And there's the bit where Bill and Ted are about to fail history, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, we cut to the three most important people in Rufus, and they go, it is time. They are about to fail. And I'm like, no, no, no. You guys are like hundreds of years in the future. It's not time for anything. No. You're not watching this in real time as it occurs. To you, this is like way back in the past. Yeah, is- but they're acting like they're watching it from a fa- Like if it was like a different planet, and they're watching it. In- okay, fair enough. But if it's time, like, you can do whatever you want. You know what you could have done, Rufus? You could have shown up at the start of the class and said, prepare for this report, boys. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Also, the idea that Ted goes, Ted's dad goes, your principal called me. He says you're failing history. What? The principal called the day before you fail history for the year. You know what I mean? Like, you could have phoned th- yeah, a month yeah, ago. Yeah. 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 Did he, yeah. I mean, true. But doesn't phone Bill's dad. <laughs> no, because he's busy. Why is the principal calling? Why isn't the teacher calling? Hey, teacher's doing his hardest work. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably doing someone's cover lesson. <laughs> but no. And why is it they're only failing history? Like, they're really good at everything else? Yeah, good point. I'm sure their English is like, fantastic. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they're failing they're, other classes like, as well. That's the Al- sequels. Two, they're good. Because see, here in the States, there have been Algebra 2 or Calculus or something or Trig, some math that they had to take. Well, maybe help, their senior year. Help me so out with the American school system because is this what it's based off of? You have to do a big final oral report in front of everybody on a Saturday on a stage? I thought no, it'd be like, that's, that's so unrealistic. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it'd be like some sort of uh, regulated uh, standardized test. No. There are. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, so, and now with COVID, I guess they don't get to do their presentation. Well, judging <laughs> also, this is the other thing. Like, if they're failing history, most likely they're failing English as well. Yes. Uh, because of their addiction. They're also probably failing math. Uh, they're also probably failing, you know, PE because I don't see them being athletic or anything. No. And science. They're probably failing science as well. I'm sure and they're doing okay in chemistry. Too. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure they're music, music class too. Uh, you know. Oh, we could see that fading. Well, these I mean, would have been elective, but they would have probably been in it. These are the sequels. I mean, this is the plan. Is the next movies them going back and talking to Shakespeare, yeah, and Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I, th- I threw it in there for you, Americans. Uh, and uh, well, I don't know who else. Other other writers who'd be big in America. Hmm. Hemingway. F. Scott, Hemingway. F. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Who wrote Moby Robert Dick? Frost. Uh, um, Captain Ahab. No, Robert Frost. Mm. Uh, Paul, something Paul. Uh, uh, um, anyway, I forgot. Who this bugs me now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like bugging me. Thing. Melville, something Melville. Herman Melville. Herman Melville. Oh, there we go. We got that. Oh, and then you also have um, who's the? I can't think of the guy who always stayed. Did you already mention the guy who was always hanging out in Cuba? And yeah, Hemingway. Hemingway. Right? Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. yeah. Hemingway. And of course Steinbeck. There we go. There's there's oh, there's a whole Steinbeck. bunch we've named there. So Miller. Miller. Arthur Miller. Yeah. Mister Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Absolutely. So all that's left for us to go is uh, we like to do a little thing here called the age game, the age game. Let's all play the age game. So 
Should we start with Alex Winter, Bill? And let's let's go Nick, Russ, Liam, Ian. Yeah. So Alex okay. Winter, Bill. How old was Bill at the time of filming? Or when it came out? When it came I would out? say he was probably 22. I don't know. So. Russ? Okay, so okay, if I was 12, I'm going to say... Yeah, I think he, I think I would say he's about 20, 22, 25, somewhere in that range. Do I need that? <laughs> you, get Russ, you get one number. You get one number. 24. 24. I'm going to say later. I'm going to say 27. I'm going to split the difference and go 23. Russ was right. He's 24. Oh. <laughs> well, then, all right. What about Keanu Reeves? I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to sort of arrange. And <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Captain Canada. So I think... Keanu Reeves was probably younger, I'm thinking. Maybe 21. Okay. I'm going to with You were still 12, in case we need to go up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And Keanu is seven years older than I am, so I'm going to say 19. Wow. I'm going to say 21. I'm going to say 23 again. Uh, he's not seven years older than you. He was 25. Wow. <laughs> well, he said he, last year he was in an uh, interview, and he said he was 50 years old. So, How old was the interview? <laughs> <laughs> just because it's on YouTube well, doesn't mean it's new I was watching okay interesting well, so uh, never he, is, 25, he is 55 years he is 55 old, now so. oh okay. so hopefully but then I that did date the... on that, that that was wrong then. that was wrong right. yeah he's yeah. I've just double checked my maths and he's definitely 25 <laughs> excellent I believe you got you got the uh, interwebs there is there anything yeah. is it imagine is George Carlin George on the list George Carlin is next okay let's yeah. do George Carlin is there a prize that we win for getting the age right? Eternal joy. Eternal joy. Oh, thank you. Future, future you I, gets to congratulate you. You will be decreed most excellent. Most excellent at the age game. <laughs> and so we're doing George Carlin? Last one, George Carlin. Oh, I've got another one. Oh, yeah, another one? Okay, yeah. so George Carlin. Oi. All right, George Carlin. He looked like he was 54. I don't know, 54. Is that what 54 know. looks like? Very <laughs> specific. <laughs> I'm going to say 42. I'm going to say 48. Oh, I was going to say that. So I'm going to, I'll give you a couple of years. I'll go 50 on the nose. Okay. 52. Ooh. So between Ian and So he looked Smith, 54, but he really was 52. Yeah. And I did one more just for fun. I thought we'd do Socrates as well. Oh. Oh. All right. Watch him turn out being the youngest. <laughs> so Socrates, 17. I would say, no, I would say he was 54. I would go with 54 with him as well. I'm going to go 62. Ooh. I'm going 47. I'm going to do Paul McCartney when I'm 64. Um, Russ, you are decreed most excellent. He is 62. Wow. Ooh. Two wow. of them on the spot today. Yeah. Well done. You well are done. you are most excellent. Wow. You got the bragging rights. <laughs> Party on, dude. Yes. So all that's left with ages. Yeah. In a moment, I'm going to ask you for a rating out of 10. What would you give? Ooh. What would you give Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Uh, just really quickly, uh, a couple of our, our, our regulars got a hold of us. Drew said, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is relatable to some and exciting for others. Could it not be both relatable and exciting, I would ask? Full of one-liners, the word dude, and plenty of air guitar sequences. A fun movie to watch, and it only gets better with the sequel. Exclamation mark. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd rate it a 7. And then Alex, our friend from Main Street Finance, says, One of the most underrated lines in the series was along the lines of, So what piece of advice would you give to us? And the response is just, be excellent to each other. <laughs> so simple, but also so profound. Yeah. So, yeah. 
like and I think I, like I think Roger Ebert gave it something like three stars or something like that and said even though it's like flawed, it's like fun. Yeah, yeah. But let's not forget he gave Usual Suspects one and a half stars. Yes, he did. <laughs> he yes, that. So that's that. So out of we'll start with Liam and we're on the table. Liam, Ellie, Russ, Nick. I'm going to say seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah. All right. Oh no, seven and a half. If we keep going, will it jump to eight? <laughs> seven, seven, no, I'm going to give it a set of seven and a half. Seven and three-fourths. <laughs> seven and a half it is. Seven and a half, All right, yeah. Ellie. I'm going to give it a six. A six? Okay. Yeah. It was okay, but I, I wouldn't say I particularly liked it. I wouldn't go back and watch it again, but I didn't, didn't hate it either. Like, if it was on, I wouldn't particularly mind. You know, it was just, you know, just a steady six, really. It's definitely not the best film ever. No, it's not. I it's think not. I think Usual Suspects is safe today. Yeah, uh, Russ. Uh, I think I want to go with eight point two five. Wow. Hi. I, See, I had you picked like, as Mister Film Snob. Nostalgic feeling for me. I was yeah. an adolescent, and it was fun. And you know, time travel. Love. I love things about time travel. They're fun, and you know, it broke some rules, but it's fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nick. All right. Um, I'll give it a seven. It was a good, solid seven. I thought it was really good. I would definitely watch it again. I mean, if it's on TV or something, and I'm, I'll definitely like you know watch a couple of scenes again. I mean, I was so glad that I got to get reconnected just watching it again now. So that was mm. pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of my feelings with the film mirror the plot itself. I thought it was kind of skating along on charm alone yeah. until towards the end they pull it out of the bag. So I'm going to give it a seven as a result of that. I, yeah. I liked it. It was a wonderful trip down memory lane. Um, I really found myself enjoying the finish. There are just some weird parts to this film. It's so weird. And especially we, I mean, as a whole, the role of women is just yeah. it, it, <laughs> invisible for the most part. And the ones who are there are just prizes. And Joan of Arc mm. didn't really have an like arc. The, the, <laughs> The princesses are prizes for Bill and Ted. Uh, Missy is just an object to just, every other male yeah. character, whether it's uh, Bill who wants to sleep with his stepmother, whether it's Bill's dad who also wants to sleep with Bill's stepmother, <laughs> or if it's uh, Ted's dad who just seems to be jealous that he doesn't get to sleep with Bill's stepmother. Until the sequel. Until the sequel. Or, or the teacher who did sleep with Bill's there was a weird yeah, moment that there. Was a weird moment at the end. Say it? hi for me, and they pay it off with the joke at the end of it. That was weird. Yeah, and so uh, that's kind of but that. Notwithstanding, it's still a really fun movie. Yes, it's yeah. still a really fun movie. And if it was made today, I think, like Nick said, hopefully they would change certain elements of it considerably. But it still doesn't I'm let sure me go. They did. They, they, yeah, they, they're, they're not going to be able to get away with nah. it. So. so, but for a piece of film that came out in 1989, filmed in 1987, I had a lot of fun with it, and I can give it mm-hmm. a seven. Yeah. So yeah. Good. So that was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We want to give a massive, excellent thank you, clap along, shout out all the platitudes to Nick and Russ from Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything, who showed today oh. they know a heck of a lot. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so Thank much, especially so much. especially Nick. It's like, I don't know what time it is. It must be like 10.55 in Greece right now? It is. Yeah, yeah so thank you very much. And uh, Russ, we just got you away from your, your son probably for a couple hours. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a reward or, or, or a sanction. You can determine. So um, do you guys want to give a couple of seconds to talk about what your show is? Just so anybody who's listening and is not familiar with your show can uh, check you guys out. 
Sure. Uh, so it, it's Nick and Russ don't know anything. Uh, you can go to our website, nickandrust.com. Uh, we are on almost every platform there is. Uh, we it, we're even gonna be on Audible soon. Hopefully, uh, we sign up for that. Mm. We nice. talk about a variety of things, um, and we you know current events. We have uh, celebrity or uh, interviews on. Sometimes celebrities. Sometimes we have people who work in, in different yeah. industries. Uh, we're I guess you say we're our variety type podcast. Nick, uh, yeah, you it's just. Uh... It started out with us, uh, you know, just talking about weight loss and it transformed into something else. So, so I'm really, really excited about it. We still don't know what the direction is. That's why we don't know anything, but we're getting there. I think every every week we're getting there. It's getting better and I'm really liking it. And uh, thank you all who have listened to it so far. I mean, we got like like a good 100 or so listeners minimum, I think, pretty much, which I never thought we'd have before. So that was kind of cool. And yeah, we uh, it was a great way to start. Yeah. <laughs> it is not yeah, just... we're climbing we're climbing our charts too. Like in film interviews, we this week we're now forty. Hey, well and done, you guys. Well done, yeah. 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 Uh, it is shocking when you put your sort of toe in the in the water and you go, Is this gonna go well? And then you find an audience and you find people who engage with you and you find people who yeah. look forward to you like you look forward to other podcasts. And by the way, how did you get into Saudi Arabia? I mean, oh, no. isn't that like we would love to know that too? Yeah. I don't know. Um That's amazing. I can't yeah. fact check so, corner that one. I'm I mean, number one in Saudi Arabia. We went in great, we, isn't it? number one with a bullet. It was oh. just all of a sudden we were we were there. Yeah, that's crazy. We did really well in Egypt a couple couple months back too. Yeah. Right. That's usually oh, it's my dog no. doing that. Yeah. Um. So I, they're communicating to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so all that's left for us to do now is we got to talk about what we're doing next week. Yep. So we did kind of a serious movie, and then we did a movie where we went back in time and had some fun in medieval England. Mm. What if we put those two ideas together and had a film <laughs> where we were back in medieval England, but it was a bit more serious? It is an Oscar winner for Best Picture and Best Director, Sons of Scotland, I Am William Braveheart. Wallace. Come on. Braveheart oh. on the 25th anniversary of its UK release okay. next week. They may take our lives. So now we can all have but the I'll debate. But I'll never take our freedom. We can all have the debate about debate Gladiator about Braveheart, versus Braveheart. Yeah. I've been waiting for this that, for about 13 weeks. <laughs> to be fair. That, I is my, that, he, that movie's in my number three. That, my number for three. the longest time, that was my favorite movie of all time. It's not anymore, but for, when I was about... 15 to like 21 that was my favorite movie i did like it from what i remember of it but i still like gladiator more well let's not give away the lead i'm going to edit that out <laughs> he did, now he did oh. say that when we reviewed gladiator oh, yeah. <laughs> come next week and see if in the seven days i can convince liam how wrong he is <laughs> we shall see we, we shall well, see i have well, never seen braveheart so this will be interesting good you know it took me a long time to watch it i think i saw it like four it's years a long ago film the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was like another, yeah, I said about four or five years ago, I think, for the first time. You watched time, a minute so. a year. Yeah. It is a <laughs> yeah, solid three-hour film. Whatever it was, but 10 minutes a year. But it was, yeah. I, I must admit, I was really impressed with it. So I was really, really happy and, and that again, I got again, to see it. Again, we're going to have to. And that one and Bob Bell, like that's another one. I okay. just saw that last year for the first time. And I'm like, that was a great film. How did I miss it? That's like, on that's our poster, another, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, jeez. There's another one. Lots of films we got to oh, watch. I know, right? I know. But next week we get to watch Braveheart and probably have a little bit of an awkward conversation about Mel Gibson. Yes. Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, we will have to. So we're not taking it easy. It was Brian no. Singer and Kevin Spacey last week, and <laughs> next week it'll be Mel Gibson. But it's a fantastic film. It is a good movie. So I'm looking forward it is. to go in horribly ahead. followed up with Patriot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't mind the Patriot for what it was. For what it was. And Heath Ledger's very good in it. So please join us next time when we tackle the 1995, I think it was, best winner at the Oscar for Braveheart. So for Best Film Ever, I have been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And in the words of two very excellent dudes, be excellent to each other. We'll see you next time. (laughs) What number are we still thinking of? 69, dudes!